Hello everybody and welcome back to season 11 of Sequelizers. I am your host, as always, Jack Chambers Ward, and joining me, also as always, is Matthew Stogden. I gotta say, I love this town. This town loves prime sequelizers meat. Mmm. <laughs> that ripe prime mm. sequelizers meat. Yeah. Award winning. Speaking of award winning sequelizers meat, it's Tim Maton. I just can't take no pleasure in sequelizing. There's just some things you gotta do. Don't mean you have to like it. I agree sometimes. <laughs> when it comes to. We've like, been there days and days editing. Sex in the City 2, Paul Blart 2, and also editing these fucking episodes when they end up being four hours long. I agree, Tim. I agree. <laughs> if you hadn't already guessed from those sneaky little quotes, you might have done. There are a couple of little clues there. If you know your stuff, we, you we might did, We didn't go for the obvious one of ring, ding, 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 Oh, Tim, you gave it away with ring, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. It's uh, Land Before Time we have had requests for that in the Discord. I'm not yeah. well, like 15 of those spots. Yeah, like 15 I've of them by now. More than that. I have you seen a, all of them? It's like 16 or 18 of them. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like tw- into the 20s now. Fuck. Oh, maybe I haven't seen them all now. Shit. Yeah, they are. St- I think they. Unless are you've been watching them out. in your 30s, I've got to catch up. Yeah, I've been watching them in my 30s. Yeah. Fucking hell, I've got to catch up. <laughs> no, you don't. Just watch the Jenny Nicholson video. <laughs> I have yeah. seen that video. It's a good video. Yeah. Anyway, hello. This episode, we are fixing 1986's. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. The film Dennis Hopper said the worst thing he'd ever made. And he made Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Having watched it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty bad. It's the same year he did Blue Velvet. Seriously. Uh, I can't it's get like over that. Renaissance, like, breakout year in Blue Velvet. Also Texas Chainsaw Massacre it's like It's like when Eddie Redmayne was in The Theory of Everything and <laughs> Jupiter, Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, yeah. Except those are both amazing performances <laughs> that I love. Tim, would you, would you not, please? <laughs> oh, <laughs> but the whisper shouting, Matthew. The, all, all that uh, whisper right, shouting. I'm trying to wait that Tim will understand. Tim, <laughs> I need you to stop! <laughs> With your love <laughs> of Jupiter Ascending. Mm. Oh, Eddie Redmayne. I create life. I know, sequelize it! <laughs> Sequel we want to see <laughs> Tim's Jupiter ascending to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God oh my lord. Well, before we get to talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and a little about the franchise as a whole, because there's nine of the fuckers as of 2022, including <laughs> one released... Earlier this year, for some reason. In, in a variety of chronological yeah. Yeah. loops. Different timelines, prequels to reboots. Bus full of se- kids. Sequels to original ones that d- ignore the previous canon yeah. of the other sequels, but are also in a different timeline to the reboots that happened before that. It's a ho- it's a long-running horror franchise. Mm-hmm. Yep, Just like Halloween before it and many others, mm-hmm. it's fucking chaos. But we're only focusing primarily on the first two movies in the franchise. Mm. And boys, there are a lot to talk about. But before we do that, let's go to patreon.com slash sequelizers and thank the lovely people who support us there. Because if you do, you get ad-free episodes. You get early access to the episodes. The Friday, before they come out on the Tuesday, you get a whole weekend to listen to the episode before it's released on all the podcast apps for the public. It's an extra few days to enjoy... Leatherface's weird dances and creepy dinner scenes that keep happening in these fucking movies for some reason. 
Anyway. Franchises, man. Fucking franchises, exactly. You also get exclusive discounts on merch, exclusive merch, and bonus episodes during the interseason, outtakes, and movie commentaries during the main season as well. You also get to vote on episodes. You get to do loads of cool stuff, basically, on patreon.com slash sequelizers. The outtakes for this episode started off mad, got madder, <laughs> and we went through the whole fucking franchise in a variety of different we ways. We do, Yeah. Jack did some very good... There's <laughs> a lot of interesting research and a very, very, very interesting piece of trivia, which we mm. will not mention here. Yeah, there was a really cool piece of trivia that I, uh, I learned from the fantastic people over at Dead Meat. Yeah. Shout out to the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I used that as my research platform. I watched the first two films and then watched their clips about the other seven because <laughs> there wasn't i think i've seen about four or five of these movies over the years in general it's the equivalent of like saying i need to read this entire novel i know i'll read the first two chapters then cliff notes after this 100 yeah. yeah, that's yeah. exactly what i did for the entire franchise because i'm not fixing it i don't need to learn all this shit you need to know this if shit. i if i had been fixing it knowing me i probably would have watched them all oy, because oy. that's that's what i do to myself for yeah. some stupid reason that flagellation that it's <laughs> unnecessary but anyway you can go and learn a lot more about weird little trivia things about some of the actors from Leatherface's past, previous, and present. <laughs> mm. If you go to patreon.com slash you get all the bonus stuff. If you support us on the £10 tier or higher, or if you support us on the £30 tier, you become an executive producer, just like these fine folks. Is anybody home? Hello? Josh van der Sluis. Uh, 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 I wanna, I wanna buy some uh, radio ad time. <laughs> are you fucking crazy? We are closed. Marcus Lindstrom. <laughs> Who's this? I get it. Are you the saboteur that's fucking up our house? <laughs> Trying to put me out of business? David Selinger. You're my fave. <laughs> Me and Bubba, my little brother, we listen to you every night. <laughs> Music is my life. <laughs> James McDowell. Oh, great grandma. It's heaven. Please don't hoodoo the boy. Stuart Main. Bubba's got a girlfriend. 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 <laughs> Philip Morgan. Uh, Iron Butterfly. <laughs> you know, like uh, uh, in a Vita de Gata, baby. <laughs> it's heavy. You know, uh, I've never been to a radio station before. Do you think you could do me a tour, huh? And Hyper Dude Man. You got one choice, boy. Sex or the saw. Sex is, well, nobody knows. But the saw, the saw is family. It's family. Wait till granddad hears about this. Thank you, executive producers, for your support. As always, you make this show possible. You make the entire season and the interseason possible. But there are a select few who go that step further and actually get to pick episodes for us to sequelize and pick interseason episodes as well. And those fine folks are the VIPs. They are... Xenos. I was at the slaughterhouse. I got an uncle that works at the slaughterhouse. Hey, my, my brother worked there. My, my grandfather, too. 
My family's always been in me. Old family attractions. Jonathan Firth Clark. And Josh Miles. Yeah, like a pack of hounds. We were just having fun. You think this is a party? Thank you, VIPs, for your support. As I said about the EPs, you make this show possible. You make it free for everyone else. You make all of our cool equipment and bonus stuff that we do possible. And uh, yeah, we very much appreciate your support. Also, there may be. Just a little, a little, little extra, extra tease here. Something's getting stretched here. So. Yeah. Mm. Some some extra VIPs might be uh, might be making an appearance sometime in the future. You know when you go into the horror, uh, a horror house, and it's full of one creepy serial killer. You think, oh, I wish there was a whole family of creepy serial killers. We've just opened the dinner table up a little wider. <laughs> it's the whole Sawyer <laughs> slash Slaughter family. If we've you will. we've we've pushed another table over from another part of the restaurant and <laughs> said, you can hop on with us. Do you think we can do this? I might do. I own the place. I've just made it Batman for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I go with this. Yeah. So yeah, there's a little tease for you. If you are interested in supporting us, maybe you will be able to support us at the VIP tier some point in the future. Stay tuned. But like I said, thank you everybody on patreon.com slash sequelizers. You are the lifeblood of the show. You make this all rev heartily with <laughs> chainsaw noises yep. and weird dances in the sunshine. You're the fuel to our throttling chainsaws. Exactly, exactly. So shall we dive into it, gentlemen? Shall we talk about some leather faces and some Texases and mm. some chainsaw massacres? Yes. Tim, why don't you kick us off? What's your history with the franchise? I had not seen any of these films <laughs> until three weeks ago. <laughs> there it is. I watched the first two, and I was like, don't need to see any more. <laughs> don't need to read the Wikipedia entries for any more. Don't need to watch any YouTube trailers or anything. Oh, damn, that's, I am I should have learned. blissful in my ignorance of the rest of the other seven films in this franchise. I mean, you set the tone, Jack, by not even watching the film you were fixing <laughs> in Space Jam 2, so I get it. Touché, sir. Touché. <laughs> and I think that's interesting, because, spoiler alert for the second half, you're the one fixing this yes. week, Tim. So... No influence, in uh, unless it's like subconscious osmosis influence mm. from somehow what I was just talking about in the outtakes or something I like that. I don't know if I've even watched trailers for any of the other there ones. There you go. So probably no influence from the other seven fucking movies in this yeah. franchise. So that's very interesting. Mm. I, li- I like that you're going in fresh. I mean, I, I'm not typically a, a horror person. Mm. And I think... And I will say as I'm sure we'll get into, I actually quite liked the first one. Mm, same. Um, the second one's so weird, and we'll get into that as well. Um, I think it's the kind of thing where the reputation it had, especially in the UK where it was banned for a long time, we discussed in our uh, interseason episode about censorship and, we certainly did. and stuff like that, about the video nasties craze, and this was a contributing factor to that. It's a true story and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh my god! Um, gotta stop those kids from getting their chainsaws out of their book bags at school and going crazy. Um, yeah, so it had this reputation, and just I'll be honest, like the title put me off. I was like, I don't need to see 
a, a chainsaw massacre, especially in Texas. Um, <laughs> Fuck Texas. And uh, and so I had avoided it. Fair. Uh, yeah, until until a few weeks ago, and then I watched the first one, and I was like, oh, actually, that was quite interesting. And then I watched the second one, and I went, ah, also interesting, <laughs> but in very different tone of voice. Yeah. Uh, Jack, you've already kind of mentioned a bit about mm. your process. I've seen a few of them, it turns out. So I went I went through kind of like a horror kick of like watching all the classic stuff, basically, mm. and making sure, like, I think I've seen Halloween. I'm pretty sure I've seen Halloween. And going back, this was sort of like five, probably ten years ago, something mm. like that. There are certain horror films that really, really click with me. We all know my love of The Thing and stuff like that. A yes. few of my favorite films ever are horror films, but much like you, Tim, I'm not really a horror buff. And a few of my friends are die hard. They have Jason Voorhees tattoos type people. Right, yeah. And they go to like horror conventions and meet like, oh my God, it's the actor who played Jason Voorhees in part 56. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's my hero, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not that level. But I know people who are. Yeah. Full respect <gasps> oh to you. Oh my god, it's Hospital Guard number two. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. He was my favourite. He said that funny thing in that yeah. film from nineteen. And then he got an axe in his neck. Exactly. So I've seen the original to kind of understand the classics and how influential it is and all that kind of mm. stuff. I'd not seen the second one until I want to say like a couple of weeks ago. For whatever reason, I'd never got around to watching the second one. Mm. I watched the two thousand three reboot, mm. the prequel to the reboot. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen... I think I saw Leatherface at the time, so that's 2017, so that's much later. Hmm. Um, and then, in preparation for this, as kind of a joke, I watched the 2020, 2022 one, <laughs> which is fucking awful, by the way. Maybe the worst of all these <laughs> movies. Uh, so yeah, I think I've seen five... I th- that's a pretty impressive. Yeah, count. five out of nine. More than half, I'll, t- yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, Matt, you've seen them all, right? Yes. Yeah, of course. Next question. As, as we know... Uh, Did you watch them all as they kind of like were released and that kind of thing? Because as, as Tim said, like the first one obviously came out before you were born Correct. in America, but it didn't come out here for a very long time afterwards. <laughs> it was only in like the 90s it came out in the UK, correct, right? Yeah. So I like the syntax of your sentence that like, before you were born in America, but then you were born in England. Yes. <laughs> my many before births... Before you were yeah, sired. Yeah, uh, my many births, I have to kill myself and put a new... Like, yeah. oh, this is another There's cousin. one mat on every continent. Yes, exactly. That explains yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's how I keep, you know, moving around That's without how being how you noticed. write yeah. so many pitches. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. There's um, North African mat and South <laughs> European mat. I franchise myself out. Yeah. So basically... Uh, yes, to a degree to what you just said about watching them coming out and release order. Um, I remember distinctly in, oh, hang on, May? Yeah, May 2000 is when the DVD came out for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it was a big deal because I believe it felt like, it, it, I don't know if it had been like The Exorcist, but it felt like it had been banned. Yeah, yeah I mean, it had, it had been in the UK. Yeah, and so with The Exorcist, for example when DVD came out, I was like, we're now going to release all these things. No one's ever mm. seen these cuts. Yep. Oh my God, it's amazing. The power of DVD, etc. Yeah. So I was like, I'm 16 years old. I'm like, well, I'm going to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre then. Uh, and I got the DVD and uh, I watched it and I thought, you know what? I was uncomfortable. I kind of enjoyed it. Yep. Not bad. Yep. And then Pre- I went out of my way. uncomfortable all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. And it's like one of those sort of slow burn kind of very 70s gritty raw sort of mm. things. I, I very much enjoyed it. I was on that kind of, you know, ex- exploratory thing at, at the age of like 16, like absorbing so much content in terms of films that I was just genuinely immersed with all kinds of things. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Now, this is kind of part of the problem because 
I saw the Texas Chainsaw reboot remake thingy like a year or two later. Mm. Uh, I was like 19. Same, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, so I saw them out of sequence, mm. but when they were available on like DVD. <laughs> Not that it makes a it doesn't huge amount of difference, I'd imagine. And for that reason, it's ver- they are very much a... Um, it's like, if it, the, in my mind, the logic is if I take like stripes of oil paint and make them d- down the paint or poster paint down the page, like, here's a red line, a blue line, a white line, a mm. green line, whatever it happens to be. And someone takes a big old like bit of cardboard and smears it all together mm. so as you will know uh people who have listened to the patreon outtakes when you listen to those things i'll just keep saying um bus full of kids because <laughs> um i don't remember which one happens with what and i have that with a lot of horror films because they become very um indistinct because they lose sight of what they are they don't remember what they're about etc 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 so my genuine general opinion as with a lot of horror franchises of this scale of that era the first one is really good and still holds up everything else is pointless now i know people might say oh i actually really enjoyed the part of this one oh there's some really good scenes and some really good makeup like tom savini's stuff in the second film great really really solid work but guess what god you can really tell can't you oh, oh it's suddenly tom savini is like okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and a lot of like the all-time great mm. makeup artists and horror franchise guys like greg nicotero has worked on this yes, franchise yes tom savini two of like the biggest names you think of if you oh yeah if you know your stuff and that kind of thing 80s 90s horror boys yeah. exactly yeah yeah so i think the the frustrating thing is these films have seemingly Hmm. very little to offer because the first one was not it wasn't just that it was uncomfortable it wasn't just that it was eerie because if you, if you, we, we all assume texas chainsaw massacre is a bloodbath but it's not it's that yeah, very gritty it, it was a real filmmaker. surprise for me going into the first one how small and understated mm. it is mm. you, you don't the, see a lot of gore in it no you don't and boy do you see a lot of gore in the second one and yeah. that's kind of the point yeah but I yeah mean, that, we're talking about like it's a very interesting piece of Americana in that it's seven years prior. And then there's a very strange unlinked thing. But bear with me a second here. So seven years prior to this, there's the Sharon Tate murder stuff mm. and Charles Manson, all these things. Mm-hmm. And, and Ed Gein was obviously caught and was the influence for like, oh my God, there's a guy who's like... It's a couple of years before this. I yeah. Think. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's all very in much the in the 70s. consciousness of like, oh, there's something hideously wrong with our country and mm. Vietnam is yeah. Yeah. still going wrong. So you've got like, this really broken psyche of a nation and it's like what's the killers it's just fucked up people like yep. i don't understand mm. and then of course when you get the 80s and 90s and 2000s etc it becomes let's just go full ham with it yeah and then it loses all maybe there's a mean. demon worm steering him fucking sake <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's kind of the point it's it's the idea that it is all you know uh non and again i think all big franchises went through this to a degree um and almost lost it's why it's why i kind of still really like arguably all the scream films because i feel like they still feel rooted in what that original satirical Mm. presence was Mm. um whereas these ones become like well what can we do next what can we do next and it just feels like it always goes off kilter um frustrating as we'll get to later sometimes with the intention of the original creator you're like what the fuck are you talking about so talking to the original creator you're totally right with that kind of so defining itself in its Americanness, and that the choice yes. of Texas was apparently a purposeful choice to really center it in Americana at the time. This whole Vietnam mm. thing, and like you said, it's it's just nutters. It's not a demon or a ghost, or anything. Mm. Like not exorcist. It's not poltergeist, or not any of this shit. Mm. It's just nutters who want to eat people and have chainsaws and stuff. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
coming to theaters soon. Mm-hmm. It's just nutters. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nutters. Um, and the fact that it has the like whole, it's based on a true story yeah, at the beginning, yeah, yeah. And, yes. and is so clearly influenced by the Ed Gein stuff you touched mm. on there, Matt. Like, yeah. infamous murderer, not mm. a serial killer. I learned that while in my research. Oh. Didn't kill enough people officially oh. to become a serial killer. Just did terrible killer. things with them. Yes, he was digging up bodies and making artwork out of people's skin and all that kind of mm. stuff, which is where yeah. a lot of the creepy artwork and stuff in the the house, the family house, they don't get a name until the second movie. The Sawyer family, as they're known mm. for most yeah. of the franchise, then suddenly become the Slaughter family later on because it's a yeah. reference to the barbecue from the first one. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the gas station barbecue place has the word Slaughter on it, so we called them that instead. You're like, what? Why? How? <laughs> what? Fucking hell. But like yeah. Sergeant Slaughter? Kind of. <laughs> Featuring Sergeant Slaughter. Tim, you better cast Sergeant Slaughter right now. Shit. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Slaughterhouse 5. Wow, that's a weird volume yeah. crossover. Leather, Leatherface has come unstuck in time. <laughs> Leatherface in the WWF in 1986. It's Hulk Hogan versus Leatherface. And I'm rooting for the Leatherface. Because he's less racist than Hulk Hogan, Which probably. Which one's the leathery face? Yeah. <laughs> Who's more leathery now? Um, but yeah, I, Toby Hooper has talked about this in, extensively in a lot of interviews. And the first film in particular has been like academically studied and covered mm. in a million fucking podcasts and yeah. articles and YouTube video essays and all kinds of stuff. It is such a definitive, mm. influential piece of horror filmmaking mm. and was made on such a low budget and all this kind of stuff. There's so many stories about behind the scenes and like myths about it and all this mm. kind of stuff. I find it fascinating. And as you briefly touched on there, Matt, that the second film is also made by the same people, basically. Madness. It's, it's bizarre. And the fact that, like, the first one had such a big influence. And like I said, my watch order was, like, one, five, six, eight, nine. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Two. Uh, yeah. And then two. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I watched... Well, I watched two before nine, I guess. But, like, mm. if we weren't doing this, yeah. I would have watched one, five, six, eight. Yes. And, like, and, I, and yeah. that makes as much sense as anything else, because fuck it. Who yeah. cares? Yes. And... The fact that like two, three, and four basically have nothing to do with the first one and kind of nothing to do with each other and continuity goes out the window and all this kind of mm. stuff. It's fascinating that the first one still holds up to me as like this. It is still genuinely really uncomfortable to watch, really unnerving, really mm. creepy, but is not the bloodbath that so many of the mm. sequels go on to become. When you go through that 80s thing of the horror being... Yeah. All this over-the-top crazy nonsense, and as we touched on in the outtakes, once you get into that sequel bloat nonsense that happens in the 2000s, as soon as you hit those prequels, mm. they just get bloodier and bloodier and bloodier and bloodier, yeah. to the point where, spoilers for the outtakes, mm. I did a little quiz on the kill count of each of each episode in the franchise, each installment in the franchise, mm. and 2022 blows the other ones out the fucking water. Madness. It's absolutely to a, to ridiculous. To almost satirical... Degree. Yes, but it's, it's like, taking it, itself deadly seriously. Yes, so it's like, yes. what the fuck are we doing? But it mm-hmm. feels, it, it, in a way, it feels like the uh, the bit in uh, I can't remember if it's Hot Shots or Hot Shots. Hot Shots Part, Part Deux. Yeah, yeah, where they have the kill count up on screen and are like better than RoboCop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I find it so interesting that again to touch on video games. Hello, it's me. 
Resident Evil 7 is a perfect example of something that is yes. so directly influenced by the really first movie. Is. You have a fucking dinner scene. You have the crazy cannibal family. You have like the father figure and the brothers and all this kind of stuff. Yes. I hadn't really made that connection. And I was oh, like, okay. hold on a second. And I was, I hadn't made the connection like during the advertising for Resident Evil 7. And I played Resident Evil 7 shortly after it came out. And I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> and your arms are like nailed to, to, the, yeah. to the table next to you. And I was like, are we about to have a dinner scene? Fucking hell, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Oh, this is really clever. This is really cool. And doing like a first person perspective, I found that as like an almost ignoring all the mad Resident Evil shit. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Uh, <laughs> mushroom goo. Yeah. Everybody's made of mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> so seriously. Tim, I better be in your crossover <laughs> pit. Sounds like I'm making it up, Tim. I promise that's the plot oh, of the I, last couple of Resident Evil I'm games. I'm aware of how... Everyone's made of mushrooms. Yeah. Don't ask. <laughs> But I found that to be a more like faithful sequel to the original. Granted, at that yeah, point, it's basically yeah. a remake. Yeah. But the twists and turns that it does do and the way it engrosses the player and the fact that you are first person in that game. So you are on the table looking mm. at all the gross shit and you have to... They tell you to eat the food mm. and you have to press a button to mm. eat the horrible food, which is probably people. It's such a cool moment to kind of... It almost feels like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the game. And all the fucking sequels just go off in so many different directions. Some of them take themselves really seriously. Then they reboot. Some of them are fucking nonsense and, like I said, completely ignore continuity. Texas Chainsaw 3D in 2013 is a sequel to the first one, but not any of the others and ignores all the continuity mm. of the other ones. Fucking hell, it's such a mess. Yeah. You know the only Texas Chainsaw... Uh, adjacent style sequel that I think works that is nothing to do with that franchise. Devil's Rejects. Yeah, absolutely. That Americana, we're going yep, on the yeah. road. Road yep. trip, boys. What are we going to do? We're going to fuck everyone up. I'm speaking mm. of Bill Mosley, yep. uh, who's, who's in Texas Chainsaw 2. Mm. Um, because the frustration of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that the first one is uncomfortable, unsettling, really classic tropey stuff of like, you know, uh, teens trespass and therefore must be punished. Yeah. Mm. Um, but there's not a lot of trespassing in terms of like, oh, you know, the usual, mm. well, they're, they're smoking the marijuanas and they're mm, having yeah. sexual intercourse. It's like, yeah. I don't, that's not really happening here as much. Mm. It's more that they're just kids and like, and it's, and that's why, again, it's the whole, oh, but they're having transgressors. It doesn't matter. Mm. We found them and they were nice enough to pick up a hitchhiker. I was like, oh shit, we will get to the synopsis in a second. Mm. Um, if you're a little lost, but uh, that's what, again, the uncomfortable nature of it all mm. and, and the fear and the sound design so good, the long hanging shots. Sound design is incredible. Stuff. But mm. it's one of those perfect examples like the Blair Witch Project, like Saw, like so many other bits and pieces, like the first one like stands leagues above others and then mm. any sequels always feel like they just bleed into each other and they're all kind of the same thing mm. because the first one is a standalone that does its job, mm. tells its story, creeps you the fuck out and then you mm -hmm. move on. Yeah. You don't need a Texas Chainsaw. The, the whole... The Texas Chainsaw 2 thick... Sorry, Tim, I'm going to put you in a bad situation here, but the Texas Chainsaw 2 should never exist. It should always be, <laughs> and they're still out there. Yeah, Tim. Yeah. That's... that's it shouldn't exist, Tim. Yeah. Let's just Tim's not wrote, do the second Tim half told of the episode. Tim told a piece of paper it says, doesn't exist. I'm like, Tim! Yeah. <laughs> you nailed, you yeah. nailed it! I we, mean, that's the answer we have a lot on sequel. It's the, yeah. always the answer. But yeah, so and, it's, the, it's the example that... The, the, and also what's interesting is Texas Chainsaw Massacre wasn't optioned for a sequel. Yeah. It was Tobe Hooper going that and saying, you know what? I could do another one. And mm. the studio bit his fucking hand off to do it until he said the idea. And then they said, actually, you know what? Maybe not that. Yeah. And Canon kept stripping the money back yeah. and back and back and back. And just before we get onto the synopses. Yes. I want to talk about 
the thing that keeps coming up on sequelizers. Obviously, the whole just don't make a second mm. one is the obvious answer here. Of course, of course. The fucking tonal whiplash from the mm-hmm. first one to the second one, where you go from, as we said, this gritty, dirty people, the, the actors are literally vomiting on set kind of shit. Yep. The, we'll talk about the shoot of the dinner scene as we get through the synopses. Fucking hell, there's some stories behind that. And then the second one is like fucking 80s comedy stuff. And you're like, it wait, has a, wait, it has what? a Breakfast Club parody poster. poster yes. It's the it's the family yeah. posed like the Breakfast Club because it's 1986. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane that, that those 12 years, the world changed so much, horror changed so much, and, you know the way film was made and all that mm. kind of stuff, suddenly they had a budget to do lots of cool stuff yeah. with. So mm. let's go crazy on all the effects and stuff. The small budget, the first one, kind of makes it feel special. I think oh, it's yeah, a, along similar lines to the um, Night of the Living Dead franchise we talked oh, about very before, much so, yeah, yeah. where you start off so small and that one feels interesting and special because mm. it's different and really mm-hmm. low budget mm-hmm. and who the fuck are any of these actors, that kind of stuff. And then you get later into the franchise and it's like, Okay, yeah, you're doing a thing, and oh, there's a zombie who can talk now, I guess, because sure, and then helicopter shots, nice, exactly, mm. yeah. So you suddenly get this like escalation because we have more budget, we can do more stuff, we get more explosions and more stuff. Like that's not what made the first one interesting. Yeah. And I think James from Dead Meat, who are a fantastic YouTube channel, if you don't know Dead Meat, if you're into horror and you're not subscribed to Dead Meat, I highly, highly recommend it. I'm not much of a horror person, as I said fantastic film they do podcasts mm. they do a thing called the kill count which i referenced heavily in the outtakes they run down horror films and talk about how everybody dies and all this kind of stuff it's a, it's a lot of fun he describes the first film as an exercise in tension i think that's mm. a really excellent valid, way of describing valid. a lot of the, my favorite horror movies the first alien movie the thing they're also exercises in tension yeah you get gore and you get effects and stuff but it really is about wait a minute what was that noise Beep, beep, beep. Or like, who's the thing? Right, you're, I'm tying you to a chair, tying you to a chair, and I'm taking samples of blood, and we're going to work this thing out. Yeah. It's all this like creepy, tensiony kind of stuff that is the real kind of meat on the bones, pun intended, yeah. for me, rather than all the over-the-top, like, oh, cool, he can't do it in half with the chainsaw. So I was like, I don't care. I care about characters and storytelling and tension and stuff. And that's why... Basically, the rest of the franchise lost me pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's the classic thing with horror, which is that when you have so little budget, you are forced to be really creative in your thinking yeah, about how absolutely. you're going to do stuff. And then, as soon as you get more, and you can start having the attitude of, "Oh, what if we did this? Oh, yeah, throw it in. Fuck it, why not? Yeah, <laughs> then you're not. When we get a chance to do this again, yeah, you're not <laughs> considering that with the same care that you will be every shot when you're like. We can't afford to shoot many of these, so let's make sure we've got it set up perfectly beforehand. If you could, yeah. if you're just being, you know, from a purely not thinking about like special effects and stuff, purely through the cost of film, you know, if you're able to be like, yeah, we can do as many takes as we like, you know, we're we're, we're fine. We've got we've got a lot of budget. You're not going to be pushing yourself as hard to make those takes really good. It's a very um, valid point because we we live in a digital age, mm. and you have to remember that film reels were used yeah and if you recorded on that film guess what that film was done yeah you can't like oh i'll just take that again also you wouldn't have seen it until the the, yeah you know the the edit so yeah yeah valid very valid point tim i think it's it's interesting you mentioned youtubers there there's um because i i was watching it um and there were shots that i recognized and not 
they are iconic shots, but they my only knowledge going into them is like I know Leatherface is in them and I've seen a picture of Leatherface and I've seen <laughs> a clip of him doing the weird dance yep. and opening a big metal shutter door and that was about all I knew about it. But there are YouTubers who I follow who are uh basically like wannabe slash R editors mm. uh who do like lots of supercuts of films and stuff yeah, and yeah. like ex- experimenting with ways to kind of, you know, get rhythm and and stuff like that. Of course. And I'd seen shots in their like horror supercuts and stuff like that, which I didn't realize were Texas Chainsaw shots, and I thought they were a, mo- a lot more contemporary because they still look. It still looks really the good. The cinematography in the first one is fan fucking tastic, especially when you are outside. Yes. and you have those like sunsets and stuff oh, that they capture, yeah, um, like towards the end and stuff. As, as much as I hate the fucking dance because it's become a parody at this yeah. point, and beyond the point of satire mm. the lens flare from the sunset yeah on the actual dance scene mm. in the first one is fucking brilliant yeah. exterior yeah. interior day night dusk yeah. those mm. are at dawn those are bastards yeah. Yeah. to do and do it on a small budget with nothing with some mm. old classic you know uh you know film film yeah uh cameras that's that's uh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, very much a credit to this uh, you know young um independent filmmakers just go out and making a movie mm. Cut to big ass bloated Tobe Hoover in yeah. the 80s. <laughs> Jesus. And it just shows, you know, we, we, we're in an age where, for a variety of reasons, you we favour a very dark screen. You know, there's a lot of like... Yeah, like Alien cov- versus Predator Requiem, right? Yeah, like, let's just drown everything in darkness because mm. that makes it creepy. Like, these films are really colourful. Mm. Like, yeah. that... Yeah. And, and again, this is another famous shot, which I didn't know was from this film of um when the i can't remember the character's name but the the girl who is not the final girl uh <laughs> is walking towards the house yep uh after her boyfriend has already been yes. bonked on the head um and it's this very slow tracking shot behind her yeah um like it's so vibrant in its colors and yet there's all this horror going on and you know you get to stuff like the dinner table scene and it's not drenched in darkness it is colorful and lurid and that kind of makes it more horrifying because it's yep. just so in your face and you have this yep. visceral reaction to it it's that uh you've just done hereditary what you're doing next i'm gonna make midsummer why i'm gonna make a film that's entirely in daylight and make it terrifying it's yeah like, what you can hide so much in darkness yeah uh and it, again it's it's the the illusion that all horror is things jumping out of the dark at you but yeah. the truth is again as i've always said horrors in the sound and mm. fuck me texas chainsaw has some great sound work yep. yeah definitely Just uncomfortable as shit yeah um but that trend that that tonal transition we were talking about that 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 you know these creatives who went out in the woods to make this amazing movie very uncomfortable very visceral came back and made the same thing it's the same goddamn director because Toby Toby Hooper is wrong. (laughs) He believes, you know, emphatically that the first film is a dark, humorous film. He found it fucking hilarious. There are elements of that in there. Oh, there there definitely are. He dramatically Mm. overstates how funny the first movie. We've all described it in our own ways as uncomfortable, unsettling, all that Mm. kind of stuff. Mm. He thinks it's way funnier than it is, and there are moments there which, to its credit, I think it does. There's a, a twisted humor to it. I think it does a brilliant job of having some twisted humor in there. Yes. And the second one is just silly '80s bullshit. Yeah. Because he's he leaning just, into it. He cranks that humor up. He's like, no, no, no. 
you were all wrong. You all think it's some exercise intention horror masterpiece thing. I was making a comedy and you didn't realize here's here's how it should you be. You thought I was good at this. Let me show you I'm not. <laughs> Pretty much. Like yeah. it's a fascinating thing and yeah, we should probably get onto the synopsis. Let's right? do it. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do dive it. in in case you have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. We'll give you a little rundown for the first and second movie and all nine, right, Matt? Yes. No. Uh, just little, the first two. Little is the optimum word here. <laughs> and we should throw just mm-hmm. a kind of a blanket uh bus full of kids. Trig- <laughs> yeah. Uh a trigger warning here for people or a content warning very good point these are some pretty grisly films uh you know we 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 don't dwell too much on the details uh in our synopsis but you know if you if if this kind of stuff makes you uncomfortable we totally get it if you feel the need to skip forward or i'll be brutally honest as much as i absolutely agree with you tim this is a texas chainsaw episode i feel like yes don't be here yeah be be <laughs> Be warned. Yes. These are these are pretty nasty films. They're graphic films. Yeah. But they're not, the first one at least. But the description may become the, graphic. I mean, the, we first, do... the first one implies so much. It doesn't have a lot of no. on-screen gore. No. But, but the way we describe lo- it is going to be quite graphic. And yes. Yeah, that's a very yeah. valid point, Tim. With that, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Following reports of grey robbing and vandalism, Sally, Franklin, Jerry, Kirk and Pam visit a Texas graveyard to check on Sally and Franklin's grandfather's final resting place. The group pick up a hitchhiker who cuts himself and Franklin. Franklin, by the way, is in a wheelchair. Yes. Um, As they drive away, the hitchhiker marks the van with his blood. Uh, The group then pull into a gas station, but the owner says he's all out of petrol, but offers them some barbecue that was the barbecue petrol station i mentioned earlier that says like slaughter whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this this may not seem relevant but it will be later this fucking hitchhiker how they do not kick him out immediately immediately you pull over you think actually you know what keep driving yes he's exactly that kind of motherfucker yeah um the only thing i can think is 74 maybe they were like uh maybe he's just unhinged and he's gone through some shell shocks maybe he's he's just high on acid maybe yeah it's texas yeah but no, you just get rid of him. Anyway, so uh, Pam and Kirk find a nearby farmhouse and venture inside to see if they have any petrol. But they are attacked and killed by a large man wearing a mask of made of human skin. I'm literally whipping through you here. You are. Mm. It's only like 90 minutes long it's anyway. It's quite true. Yeah. I mean, again, we were talking about like, you know, in the house, suddenly Leatherface is there, bonk on the head, you know, Kirk falls over and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, that was an interesting thing for me because... You assume Leatherface, Texas, Chainsaw Massacre, there's going to be a bunch of fucking chainsaws. And they talk about, like, the slaughterhouse and all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. And that actually ties into it. He's whacking people on the head, which is the whole, like, stunning, stunning. the cow yeah. thing before yeah. it's all slaughtered and all that kind of thing. I think. Oh, yeah, that that does make sense. Because at first I was like, what the fuck has he got a hammer for? Yeah. And you learn, like, oh, this family's from the slaughterhouse. It, it ties in logically. Sense. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. Or if you're Toby Hooper, in a funny way. Hilarious. Sure. Uh, Jerry wanders off and finds the house as well. Fuck Jerry. Agreed. <laughs> Jerry looks like Disco Stew and he sucks and I hate him. I cannot agree more. <laughs> Fuck Jerry. Jerry, if you're listening, he ain't listening. He's fictional and dead, as we'll find out. Uh, inside, he finds Pam in a freezer. But turns out she's not dead. Yep. Um, the bit of her getting put on the spike is... Oh, see, that's the guy who sort of glazed over there. So um, when... when uh, uh, Pam is in inverted commas dealt with she is hung on a meat hook now again as Tim mentioned the graphic warning it's like, oh, oh 
but you don't see shit. No. No. But you feel it. Yep. Yeah. Because the God, you good. feel it between your shoulder blades. Yeah. It really grinds against the bone. Yeah, it's real. It's real <laughs> bastards. Um, so she's in the freezer. She's not actually dead. Uh, but before Cherry can do anything or even react, Leatherface rocks up and kills him too. Um, as good then, riddance. Yeah, fuck yeah. you, Jerry. I'm glad you were the ones that get wiped out nearly the fastest. Uh, as night sets in, the only two left, Sally and Franklin, search for their friends. And again, that's the two that are related, and Franklin's in a wheelchair. Uh, but Leatherface appears again in the woods and kills Franklin. Doesn't he just? I can see how that's kind of funny. Yeah. Don't know why, but I think it's the whole like, oh, we're just going to go off our friends. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is terrible. I know what's happening. And, but don't nobody expects Leatherface to be in the woods. And it's like, ha, fucking hell. And I think almost like panic. Nobody expects happens. the Texas Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> You don't understand what he's saying. He goes ring, 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 and it's a question. Um, yes, so um, Franklin's just ground up into the chair, and it's like, oh no, and Sally runs off. She runs back to the gas station, but she's then accosted and tied up. <gasps> what? He was in it all, night, all along. Yeah. Oh my God. It's revealed that the barbecue was actually human meat. The gas so station. Soylent green is made from people. It is made from people. The gas station owner details to Sally that he is uh, related to both Hitchhiker and Leatherface and drives Sally back to the house. Dum, dum, dum. And again, we're almost through the movie at this yes. point. Yeah. But again, it's because it races along. You think these kids are going. You know, yeah. It's the whole get out of there, get out of there. But it's like, but they're barely in there. That's the worst part. It's like there's nowhere to go because it's fucking Texas. It's just miles and miles and nothing. Anyway. We learn that the family have been killing and eating people who come by the house and using their remains to make furniture. There's the Ed Gein most direct reference it, there, yeah. I guess. And it's plus, like she's, she's trapped in a chair and her hands are on hands. Yes. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize that was a thing mm. until I really paid attention. And I was like, oh, God. The, oh, their hands on hands. <laughs> 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 You've got sand hands. <laughs> yo, yo, dog. We heard you liked hands. So we put <laughs> hands on your hands. We nailed your hands to hands. All I can do is hear the uh, the always sunny thing of like, you haven't thought about the smell. The smell, <laughs> you bitch. Anyway. Um, so... Uh, they also use blood to keep their feeble grandfather alive. Mm. He is an old bit of makeup. We we see him earlier, and we and a grandmother, and we yes. assume they are both just desiccated corpses. Yeah, but it turns out he's still going. He's kind of there, <laughs> dusty boy, under many layers of makeup. Yeah. Um. So grandfather is too physically weak to kill Sally. More of that classic humor. Because uh, like, the you, guy, you kill her. Yeah, the guy who played him, twenty-one years old. Oh yeah, just of course. covered in a load of makeup. And also reprises that role in Texas Chainsaw 3D. As a 31-year-old man. As a 30-something-year-old man or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes, the whole, like, oh, he'll he'll feed off the blood and be younger. And you look, you kill her, it'll, it'll bring you health and 33. Texas Chainsaw 3D would be, like, 50 by that point? 60? Oh. It's the 2013 one. Oh, sorry. I, the oh. same guy plays Grandpa Sawyer. In the original oh. 74. Oh. And the sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yeah. Oh, and he's sake. still it's under a bunch of makeup. Franchise. But th- th- it's I, like the Emperor. Slowly, slowly. Kind of, yeah. He's getting more and more McDermott just end up looking more like Palpatine. Yeah. Um, the grandpa thing is kind of funny. It is a little like, bit, yeah. He's the best at killing. And then he just like feebly drops the hammer and stuff. And I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah I guess there's humor there. And it's fucking terrifying, but kind of funny, I yeah, guess. I, I, that's why I'm like, yeah, I can see how it would be funny, but you didn't film it like it was funny. That's the thing. Yeah. You filmed it like it was fucking terrifying. Yeah. You it's, didn't film it from their perspective, you filmed it from hers. And so we're like, oh, fuck. Get out of there, girl. Yeah. That kind of shit. Yes. So uh, anyway, so he's too weak to kill Sally, and she manages to escape. 
the hitchhiker who's chasing is hit by a truck. Isn't he just? Yeah. Uh, it's quite it's good. Some, some real good... Uh, so they the way they filmed that mm. is they hit him in reverse. So they move up to him and then reverse, reverse away. away. Yeah, of course. Obviously. And then some real good dummy work of it going under the 18 wheel yeah. like thing. It was, yeah. That's almost one of the goriest parts of the it film. It is, yeah. It really is. Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> the guy just gets out and runs. Yeah. Yes. Um, Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just killed the guy. Guess I'll just run away. Texas. Um, so uh, Sally is then picked up by a passing car, narrowly managing to avoid being killed by Leatherface. Mm hmm. Furious, Leatherface swings his chainsaw around in defiance, doing his very iconic uh, dance. And these films always end in a little dance. But the thing is that with Gunnar Hansen, um, he is genuinely just swinging around an active throttling chainsaw. Yep. It's the classic independent film like, oh, I can try that. It's like, don't, that's a nightmare. You out of your mind. Don't do that. It's like, nah, look, look. And it's the whole like, I could swing it around. And it's, it's weirdly beautiful because what he does, and that's why it's so iconic, it looks monstrous and terrifying but it looks genuinely like a dance yeah he's like yeah like, there's like, this weird kind of like rhythmic to it, it yeah there's this almost like celebratory but angry oh she got away kind of thing and it as we said earlier it's shot beautifully yeah there is such a weird like dichotomy between like he's fucking terrifying and we now know obviously as you said matt it's an actual fucking chainsaw that this giant icelandic bloke in a yeah. quote-unquote human mask even yeah, in the world. Yes. A human suit. A human suit. Swinging around this massive fucking chainsaw. But it kind of looks like a dance. So it's like this weird, like, is this silly? Is this And she's terrifying? screaming and kind of laughing. And kind of the same hysterical. thing. The whole thing, and it ends and you go, Jesus Christ, what the fuck did I just watch? Do you know why she's laughing at the end there? I, I mean, feel like I do know this. I mean, it makes sense for the character in that Hysteria. kind of, yeah, hysterical, yeah, like, but I can't believe I got away... I've got to laugh because otherwise I will have a full-blown psychotic break. Kind of, yes. Kind of what's happening for Sally Hardesty. Uh, the the character is also happening for the actress. Yeah. And they talked... Quite a few different people have talked about the shoot for that dinner scene. The iconic dinner scene yeah. that keeps coming back. And the iconic dance scene which keeps coming back. And uh, the dinner scene in particular it is in a real house in Texas... It's like 115 degrees outside. Americans, you know what that means. I don't know what that means. 40. Too hot. Fucking hot. Real fucking hot. Yeah, it's like 40 degrees Celsius. It's like 40 degrees Celsius, something like that. And they blacked out all of the windows. There is no ventilation oh. whatsoever. They are all in this room. And apparently it got so hot, some of the food they had there started cooking itself yeah. and boiling and stuff. And they were there for around 30 hours straight. Oh, and I don't mean 30 hours, like, over the period of a couple no, of no, days. No, 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 They had that place for, like, that much time. And nobody left for, like, over a day of actual filming. Again, it's the they, independent cinema mindset of, like, just get it done. We need just to get, get done. this done. So they did all of that. All sorted. Blah, blah, blah. Um, she's washed herself off of all the, like, caked in shit and stuff. And they were like, about a week later, we, we didn't get the final shot. Sorry, what? Yeah, we didn't get the fight. You need to come back, re-cake yourself and all the shit and do the drive away at the end. Like, what? You can fuck off. So they reshot that final scene yeah. again by re-caking her and all the horrible shit and re-traumatizing her. People have described they were literally vomiting in buckets in the corners. Yeah. People were like, 
suffering with PTSD because it was all so actually visceral and fucking horrible to work in. And she had to basically be dragged into that traumatic event again. And, be like, <laughs> yeah. and that is basically her just breaking down the end and being like, I fucking had enough. I don't care if I fuck up this take. You are getting yeah. this take and I'm never talking to any of you fuckers again. Yeah. And that's her cry laughing at the end. And apparently that's legit. And I was like, fair play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds fucking traumatizing. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things about, I mentioned about independent cinema just now. And it's, it's, there are things you can achieve which are so amazing. But the the human toll of doing it is always like, there's no oversight here. No one's telling you, probably shouldn't be doing that. It's like, well, we haven't got the money, so I guess you're just going to have to fucking do it. And it's always something awful like that. So yeah, um, it, uh, that doesn't surprise me too much in the slightest, to be honest, uh, at all. Yeah. Especially Mar- considering Hooper is meant to be a bit of a odd director. Indeed We talked about it in the Poltergeist episode about yeah. how, you know, basically Spielberg directed it in theory because he wasn't really there on yeah. set effectively. So... Yeah, uh, like I said, I've seen interviews with Gunnar Nelson, um, Ed Neal, who played the Hitchhiker, mm. Marilyn Burns, who played Sally, like all these different people just saying that it was a fucking nightmare to make this movie. Yeah, You would not believe how insane and ridiculous and like we said, like classic independent filmmaking, right? Like, we mm. need to yeah. get this done. We are filming in a real woods. This is a real car. This is a real chainsaw. All this mm-hmm. kind of shit. It's like, that's what you need to do. Yep. 1974, we need to get this film made. It's crazy. So, as we said, <laughs> nobody was asking for a sequel. Nope. And then Toby Hooper suddenly turns around and says, I've got an idea for a sequel. And Cannon said, let's fucking go. And it was like, well, initially. And then the more he talked about it, the more they went, actually, you know what? No. Um, I think he was like having like a whole town of these fuckers. And then he had another idea. And they kept workshopping it until it came what we end up with now. And as the film was going on, depending on how other canon films were doing at the time, allegedly, the budget would go up and the budget would go down. I when 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 I started watching this and the studio logo came up, I I said out loud, "Oh shit, it's a canon joint," <laughs> uh, which is always the sign of a certain type of eighties quality, Very isn't it? So. Just. Uh, I, I, uh, a podcast that I listened to called Movie Fighters had a period where they tried to, they tr- what they called the canon canon uh, of like going through all the classic. A lot Holy of it shit. was like, uh, you know, Hawk the Slayer and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, films of that type. Canon has got a reputation for just being for being a fucking hideously mismanaged studio. But people, some people very strongly like canon films because mm. of the schlock, basically. Yes. And this one is very much in line with that um so again we mentioned earlier eternal whiplash toby hooper's like actually you know what i want this to be i'm really into those comedic elements and make mm. this a very 80s film it's not gonna be like the 70s one at all get the big gory effects <laughs> cut F- the kill F- count funnier but also a lot gorier much much gorier. and and put funnier in quotation marks yeah there. funny to him yes um so texas chainsaw massacre 2 1986 mm. whole 12, 12 years. years later crazy shit and and the thing to remember is that texas chainsaw massacre kind of revolutionized horror yeah true like you don't have halloween without this film you don't have or certainly halloween does not look like halloween without this film jaws does not look like jaws alien does not look like alien without this film Mm. they are all acknowledged in like all have all of the directors behind those have acknowledged that yeah. texas chainsaw massacre was a big impact on dark independent lo-fi yeah, yeah. gritty mad and 
but it, but also because it was so revolutionary. Yes, cinema has leapt forward in those twelve years. It got hasn't it? Just it's it's like and this is a very strange comparison. In everybody's teenage years, there's usually one or two traumatic events that age you the fuck up very quickly. It's things you see, hear, or experience in school that make you go, "Oh, I'm not a child anymore." Mm. And things just you know, there's and th- there's varying degrees on a scale of trauma or what that is. Mm. It could be something quite. Like that time, uncomfortable. Leatherface was on your school bus. <laughs> Fucking bus full of kids. <laughs> the bus full of kids. They, um, they went on a bus full of kids. They came off a bus full of adults. <laughs> they came off a puddle. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> they came off a smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, another thing to point out is that they went like, oh, I'm going to go full gore. And with this film, they were like, oh, we'll get an R rating. They had to go with this film unrated at the time. Yeah. Because it was too violent. Mm. And then like, we haven't got time to recut it. I guess we're just going to have to go with no certificate. And it's like, mm. that's dangerous. If you do that, this, a they lot might... of cinemas will just not, not show, show you. Yep. Yep. And it's like, but it's Texas Chainsaw. People go out of their way to find it, mm. which they kind of did and then regretted. So it's, and it's so weird because watching it now, because the tone is so comedic, it doesn't feel scary at all. No, no. not in the size at all. There's all, not a. Sp- all of the tension and unsettlingness of the first one yeah out the fucking what window. I'm about to describe is going to sound probably quite bad but it's actually fucking stupid it sounds <laughs> it's going to sound mental it's more mental there's <laughs> so much more to describe here just a bunch of nutters <laughs> the bunch of nutters is back <laughs> <laughs> like a very going very twilight zone with that has to be a bunch of nutters <laughs> many people look, think. look to your left look to your right you One of you names. is a bunch of nutters. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. A whole bunch of nuts <laughs> in one person. I'm the nutter. Um, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, 1986. Indeed. 13 years after the events of the first film, we learned that Sally told her story but slipped into a catatonic state. How convenient. Yeah. The police, therefore, the police were never able to find the residents and the case was dropped because the driver didn't fucking know where to look, apparently. Jesus. He's just never addressed. No. That guy is never not. addressed ever again. It's not important, apparently. Also, that driver, the other one, the one who dr- ran off, he's mm. not addressed either. Uh, mm. And the one who picked her up? Nope. Nope. Who knows? Texas is too big to search. Fine. Anyway. I mean, the gas station's a very specific location, but sure, sure. Anyway, therefore, the police um, weren't able to find the residents. The case was dropped. We are introduced to two 80s dickheads. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, they are high school students? Like, I they're, think they're, they're seniors, I yeah. Think, oh, yeah, they are. They're they seniors are. in they're high school. They're meant to be children. They, they look like 30-year-old men. Yeah, they do look. <laughs> they might be Which is kids, not, not helped by the fact that they have a car phone. Oh, I know, I know. Which is also not the most egregious car phone in this film. <laughs> That's painfully true. Um, I believe the actors were in their 20s at the time, for the record. I think it's the classic 80s. They were like, oh, who are these old men? Yeah. Like, no, that's how they look up. Like, oh, we're right, fine. Um, these drunk high schoolers are Buzz and Rick. Rick the prick. I don't know if that's necessarily like a chainsaw thing. Um, anyway, uh, they call a radio uh, a phone in and hold the line hostage by refusing to hang up. Making a bunch of requests and stuff, right, guys? I don't get yeah. this. Yeah, I didn't get this either. You can disconnect a call. I don't get that. Yeah. You have to hang up first. I'm not going to. Oh, you can't hold the whole radio hostage. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Why would you set up your system like this? Yeah. It was a thing in old phones that if the... The caller has to oh, hang up. Yes, because if you put the phone down and pick them up again, it's still there. Yeah, they're still there. Because oh, bank yeah. fraud that's, did the same that's thing, how, didn't that's they? That's how yeah. that works. The bank yeah. say, "Oh, you have to go hang up and call the call the bank," and they call and say, "Hello, I'm at your bank." Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, to be fair, if 
Fair enough. That that's how it worked, apparently. But you know yeah, what? Yeah. Dumb. It was a real <laughs> thing that happened in radio stations, apparently. Fucking hell. Yep. Like, right, yep. fine. Again, fuck I w- you. Watch some videos about it. Alexander Graham Bell. Um, <laughs> one one of those things that at the time was probably like, oh, um, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. But watching now, this with modern de- day even, technology, even ten years later, it's like, oh, it seems so fuck? weird that they had sort of mobile phones, and yeah. yet that was still a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's 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 Jack's samurai fax machine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Those how are those things at the same yeah. time? Yeah. 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 Okay, so either it's my samurai fax machine that's thing, your thing. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> it's the spin-off from Samurai Pizza Cats. <laughs> a car that uh, the two dickheads tried to run off the road earlier in a way that is not playing chicken. You play chicken, you don't keep. No, they're just into ar- they're just assholes. They're just assholes. Anyway, that car returns on a bridge and is blocking their path, uh, and then it turns out to be Leatherface wielding allegedly the dead hitchhiker from the first yep, one that is the that is the hitchhiker's and body because that guy was smushed a fuck yeah yeah but you know what fine anyway he kills them graphically on the radio because yeah. they're just gonna call uh he does not we do not see rick's death rick's and his fucking glasses you just oh, see yes. his glasses yeah oh, just off-screen kill mm. and then he wanted that prick to die buzz's kill is fucking awesome yeah. the way they did that were like cutting his head in half through a car yep <laughs> Fucking genius! They had a um, inflatable balloon mm. like in the model of his head that pushed the half of his head that slides off. As soon as you inflate it, the other top half of his head like slid off, right? And squirted a bunch of blood and stuff. So it's just a fucking model with a balloon in it. I think it looks really fucking clever. Mm. Savini. I was like, yeah, Tom Savini, that, you've done it again. Tom, Tom Savini is bringing his A game. In he really film. is. It's yeah. the one thing that really holds yep. up is the. The makeup and special effects yep. are really good. Yeah. Again, this film was like, no, you're going to get banned. Mm. It's like because it's too good. Yeah, yeah. it's too delicious. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that because there's a dinner scene coming oh, in about an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> the next day, the crime scene is being investigated by Lieutenant Lefty Enright. <laughs> Dennis fucking Hopper, oh, baby. Dennis fucking Hopper. Lefty is. The maybe the most batshit character in this Lefty whole thing. Lefty and right. I've just got that. That is potentially a pun. It is a yeah. pun. I hate it. Yeah, it's I, I I'm usually not bad with puns, but fuck this film. Welcome to my town. Um, he is the uncle to Sally and Franklin that we learn. Um, not that that matters. It really doesn't. And no. yeah, we'll come back to some other stuff later. But yeah, he believes this is the work of the people responsible for attacking Sally and her friends. Um. After an ad is put out asking for information, the radio DJ Stretch, the person who was you know on the radio call well, earlier, she called Stretch. For God's sake, sure, it's the most date. Everybody has a fucking nickname. Yeah. Like, Stretching the goon, uh, yeah. Stretch, Stretch Lefty, Lefty, Stretch Lefty. As we'll get to in a moment, Chop Top. They give fucking Leatherface a name in this movie. It's like, yeah. oh God, everyone needs a fucking nickname. So the radio DJ turns up and hands him a tape of the show, which has a recording of the murder. Uh, we then see a chili contest with the gas station owner, known as Cook, or Drayton Sawyer. Names now. They now have names. Yeah. So they're the Sawyer family all of a sudden. And he wins, presumably, with human meat the chili. Most, uh, the secret's in the meat. Prime ah, meat. Prime meat. Ah, <laughs> meat. Oh, Amazon God. Prime <laughs> meat. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff Bezos. Pissing in bottles. <laughs> Jim Seedow is going full... He's going ham, to oh, say yeah, the least. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He's chewing. The, he's well aware of what he's in. Yeah. To the credit of the actors in this movie, I don't like this movie. I don't think it works, what it tries to do particularly. No. 
But they were but, told this. But a lot of them are going it. fucking ballistic yeah. and just chewing all the fucking scenery uh, they can. Fucking speaking of which, Lefty buys some chainsaws and acts weird about it. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get to it towards the end. <laughs> so fucking dual wielding tiny chainsaws. You, like, yeah. what the fuck you, are you, you doing, learn Hopper? that he's like the chainsaw detective, <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been obsessed with these like chainsaw murders for a while yeah. now. So he's bought his own little chainsaw so he can yeah. go, ha-ha! <laughs> I mean, it feels... <laughs> we mentioned earlier, this is the same year as Blue Velvet. And it, <laughs> it does it, it does feel a little Dennis bit... What Dennis Hopper needed in Blue Velvet was two tiny chainsaws. Well, it feels like it's like Frank when it, he's at his most hopped up from that film. Mommy, mommy, no, no, no. Pull that little chainsaws. But brought across to this film, and he's meant to be the protagonist, but he's doing exactly the same performance. Yeah. 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 You mentioned about protagonist. We'll get to that shit. Um, I'm going to call him Cook rather than Drayton. Cook hears the broadcast and sends his family to the station, namely Leatherface and a new sibling, Chop Top. Good old Ah, Slap Chop. (laughs) Old Slap Nuts, as we call him. Chop Chop, you got it. Five oh. peppers, chop chop, you guys little Clap salad. Trap. <laughs> Clap trap. Chop top who eats bits of his own head meat with a coat. He's got hanger. a he's got a metal plate in his head. A metal plate from Narm. Yeah. It's Bill Mosley being Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley is mm. full Bill Mosley in this. Who yeah. got the role because he'd starred in a parody Correct. of che- Texas Chainsaw Massacre that someone Texas, showed to Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw, Chainsaw Mannequin. Yeah. Manicure. 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 Right. Mascara is, uh, yeah. is the Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Correct. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, which someone showed to Toby Hooper and Toby Hooper was like, you're great. I'm going to put you in the next one. And he's playing the hitchhiker in that and he's yeah. doing that kind of voice. <laughs> and the crazy laughing and stuff. Mm. And it's like, it's Mosley being Mosley. Yeah. Bill Mosley doing an impression of Ed Neal in the first movie. Turns out that's just Bill Mosley being wacky. So yeah. I am so torn because I like Bill Mosley. He's so fucking nonsense. <laughs> um, but him in The Devil's Rejects is the, the yeah. peak of his career. Yeah, absolutely. Him he, saying, I am the devil, I'm here to the devil's work. It's just like, yeah. fuck yeah. Um, he reminds me a little bit of Paul Rubens in the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. I can see those vibes. Just doing the little, <laughs> little yeah. peewee laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out I could do a peewee laugh. That's the first time yeah. I ever tried. Who knew? Sometimes you reach for something and it's there. <laughs> we learned that from Michael Jordan in episode one of season 11 of Sequelizers. Jack stretches his arm out and... <laughs> it is my curse. Okay. Uh, the two then attack Stretch, but she manages to hide herself away. The same can't be said for her producer, LG, uh, who is killed. L- LG fucking... Spitting everywhere. Yep. <laughs> Fucking spitting LG. I yep. hate that so much, but we'll come back to that. Yeah, I could, like... His thing is, he spits. It, he is presented in such a way where I was like, oh, so this guy's like a creep, and we're meant to be happy. Oh, no, we're meant to be sad that he... Mm-hmm. No, but he's still being a creep. And, oh, yep. is he now a bad guy? No, he's just injured and delu- and delusional yep. okay now he's finally dead yeah i have no idea at any point how i meant to feel about that character see lg 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 uh, yeah he's he's all over the shop i have no fucking clue as well i i, I dislike him because he spits anyway so <sighs> leatherface attracted to stretch 
Because we've always wanted to know what if like, the face was horny as fuck. I love this bit. Hate <laughs> this edition. Yeah. I fucking hate the characterization they give. Leatherface being an asexual no- nothingness who dresses in different faces and different personas in the first film, mm. very subtly so, is a brilliant, terrifying character. Yep. Mm. Unreachable and mad and squealing mm. and terrifying. And, and childlike Very in much a lot so. of ways. This one... Horny big man going. Yeah, and he, lots of he literally humps. Jokes. He literally yep. humps his chainsaw in this yeah. scene. Fucking stupid shit. Like not a not a in a not silly a subtle way. way. Not a subtle way. Mm. He thrusts with his chainsaw. Yeah, in in between her legs yes. where there's like a ice bucket or something. Fuck me. It's fucking it's dumb awful. shit. Ugh. And all the while, Toby Hooper's going, <laughs> Hilarious! <laughs> More thrusting! <laughs> Just as funny as the first one. Good God, I'm funny. Uh. Anyway, so because the face is attracted to Stretch, he lies to his brother about killing her and the pair you leave. You got it, you got it good, right? Yeah. Fuck's sake. He's so much he's so much scarier in the first one. A if you, if you haven't seen either of these films. I can't overstate <laughs> how unscary he becomes in the second movie compared to being fucking terrifying. Yeah. In the he first does one. what should be terrifying things, but he's just a gimmer. It, I don't care. It, in a way, it speaks to the quality of the first film that the second film did not kill this franchise dead. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because you would think that this one would come out and you would just go, well, we can't make any more of these because we've already we've essentially become a parody of ourselves. Yep, yep. Very much so. So, Stretch and Lefty, who has been around the whole time, apparently, he, just he sort of you, he says he says sorry because he used her as bait or something. Yes. Yeah. Bullshit. I, I don't buy that for a second. I feel mm. like they just like, like couldn't afford uh, Dennis Hopper the entire time. It was, was just he's just there. He just follows yeah, her. Yeah. It's like sure. So he was like using his bait, and then what? Not jumping in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Letting her get chased around her uh, radio yeah. station. Yeah. For You'd be fine. Twenty minutes. How do you know he should be fine? Eh, well, I didn't know. Anyway, so uh, they give chase and follow the uh, uh, killers to Texas Battleland. Fuck me. An abandoned carnival. Ready for this, folks? This is the rest of the film. Yep. Not not a creepy, like, cannibal house in the middle of nowhere in Texas. Nope. We're at a fucking fairground. It's just an unassuming house that could be anything. You walk in and you get killed. Or a creepy fairground. Is yeah. it, of course something bad's going to happen here. Jesus Christ. Welcome to Arkham City. <laughs> yes. Seriously, yeah. It really fucking is. Ugh. Stretch falls down a hole forever. <laughs> it's like the longest, most stupid, drawn out thing. Yeah. Le- like Lefty fucking... gets his chainsaws out and he's like, that's ready to go. She walks off ahead Turns and just goes through a hole in the floor for like five minutes. And then it's Liam Neeson jumping over a fence. It's just like, cut, <laughs> cut, 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 cut. <laughs> Cut. Oh, she's like, nope. Keep going. Okay. Yep. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. A fuck very dirty, like, shoot, I guess. Just leading all the way down to the rest of the fairground, I guess. That's carnivals for you. Fucking hell. Anyway, she falls for a surprise amount of time. Um, seeing this, Lefty arms himself and storms the carnival. Now, the storming is fucking amazingly bad. He gets his chainsaws. He goes, ah, ah, I'm fucking Dennis Hopper. Then he stops, opens the door. <laughs> like, <laughs> This kick is... the door down. Chainsaw the doors yeah. in half, Dennis. It's one that Come opens on. towards him. So he can't like, kick through it. He's like, the runs about chainsawing. He's like, hey, hey. Hang on. Door. Hey. I was like, fucking hell. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, 
Leatherface finds Stretch while he's skinning LJ. Dirty spitting LJ. Mm. Now, at this point, he's like... It's like, oh, you came to find me in my house. But no, no, you can't be here. That kind of like unspoken love. Mm. (laughs) Like that. Uh, Leatherface then decides to put the skinned mask on Stretch, i.e. LG's face Mm. on Stretch. Like, oh, you know. But then he ties her up and leaves. It's like, oh, uh, I'll just do this for later. Problem solved. And then puts a cowboy hat on her or does she put a... I think he does. Someone puts a cowboy hat on her. Stupid bullshit. Miraculously, I do use that word very strongly, LG isn't dead. The spitting, fucking carved up, faceless LJ. And LG, sorry. And it's, 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 that's the weakest part of the, of the makeup, in my opinion. The skinned face looks bad. Yeah, it does. So yeah. Nothing. But that being said, I, that was probably them even trying to skirt maybe some sort of sensitivity, moderate rating, whatever it is, and they got screwed out of it. But there we go. It looks shit. I just don't. It. It's a scene that lasts about three or four minutes of him being mutilated and wandering around, but there's no yep. tension to it. And no. then he dies anyway. Yep. And I'm like, I don't get why he's. Why he's, he's there to cut her loose. That's it. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's well, all it is. Which is like, well. Which he could have found, just found a sharp, sharp thing. Ob- yeah, there's a sharp things everywhere. I know. Fucking stupid. Anyway, so as, as Tim said, you know, cuts her loose and then dies again, spitting. Um, meanwhile, Lefty is screaming and shouting, but no one seems to care. And he's cut, in his own little cutting through point. scaffolding. Yeah. And, you know, he's doing nothing upstairs. Yeah. He's doing his own shit. And nobody notices. Nobody cares. He's just basically breaking the amusement park. Mm. But nobody gives a fuck. It feels like Dennis Hopper went a bit mad, understandably. Yeah. And they're like, let's just film it. Yeah. I'll cut this down. Ah! Yeah. Ah! Wow, ah! This, this guy hates plyboard. <laughs> <laughs> There's maybe blood on this wall. What is it? I better put my finger in it. Ah, oh, it's blood. Anyway, he then comes across Franklin's remains. Notable because of the wheelchair. Yep. Now, I find this bullshit. Yep. I don't understand how this family been making fucking furniture out of everybody. 13 years later, keep that guy in the wheelchair mm-hmm. with that prime meat all over him. Bullshit. Yep, agreed. Bullshit. Yep. Just wanted to reference the first one. Yeah. And that's what a lot of bad sequels do. They either ignore the continuity, which this one also does, mm-hmm. and just, there's oh, the, kind of, the thing with the first yeah. one. Yeah, Not even like putting Franklin into the wheelchair like that would be like mm. putting you know reskinning the wheelchair to be him like, like, i think he had glasses didn't he yeah do that but no it's just literally a, a cobwebby corpse in the wheelchair mm. so yeah. whatever i don't think he did have glasses i don't remember he looks like he could have had glasses <laughs> you know what let us know in the comments <laughs> <laughs> oh they will so anyway um leatherface then catches up with stretch who uh declines his advances mm-hmm We'll move on from that. She says, like, not good. You're a bad boy or whatever the fuck oh, it is. Oh, it's absolutely it's weird, painful. like, turning Leatherface into this big baby character. And this is yeah. where they call him Bubba. Go get him. And Leatherface is called Bubba, yep. apparently. Mm. Not touching on the sequels. Bubba has kids later on. Uh, it's it's fucked uh, up weird. Yeah. But you didn't want to know that, Tim. Really didn't. You're no. welcome. The rest of the family that arrive and tease Leatherface... He's interested in the girl. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Stretch is then knocked out upstairs. <laughs> anyway, Stretch then wakes up at the head of a dining table. What? What is this? A Texas Chainsaw film? <laughs> oh, God. 
Much like Sally in the previous film. Um, far less interesting, far less scary. Yep. All, all the 70s the... grit has been replaced by 80s schlock. Yeah, it really like, has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's none of the horror of any of it. Nope. It's just her screaming a lot, yeah. but not in a way that actually conveys any terror. No. I mean, she's acting. It's just it's just acting of the period, like just like, just, just scream. Like, yeah. Like, ah, and, ah! and it's not shot in a way that... It's scary. It's scary at no. all. It's all, it's all conveys like any of her horror, really. Because rip. it's a comedy yeah, and always yeah. has been a well comedy. Well-lit blue-red lighting. Yeah, it's, it's well-lit. Yeah. It's quite pulled back. You don't yeah. get any of the, like... Um, Over-the-shoulder and close-up stuff. Uncomfortable cost- yeah. claustrophobia. Yeah. The room is very big and empty, full of chains yeah, and yeah. bits. Yeah. It's, it's Am I... Because I watch these films quite close together. Mm. And some elements of them are smushed together. You like lucky you didn't watch any of the other ones. Yeah. They all blur together. Is it the original that has the really close-up shot of the eyes? Yes. 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 Yeah, there's none of that in this The one. good shot? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember the yeah. good cinematography, Tim? Yeah. That was the first one. Yeah. yeah. Not the second one. Um, uh, Lefty turns up again. He does. Uh, and he and vroom, Leatherface vroom, vroom. have a chainsaw duel. Hell yeah. It's underwhelming. Sounds like the coolest <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> Dennis Hopper versus Leatherface in a chainsaw battle, mm. and it's boring. Oh, old ass Dennis Hopper is already old ass Dennis Hopper. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you he know, was old back then. Easy Rider Dennis Hopper. Yeah. it's like you know, <laughs> it's blue. It's blue velvet Dennis Hopper. Which yeah, is established, and he's he looks tired. Um. Anyway, Cook, feeling his family is lost, takes out a grenade and. <clears throat> oh, uh, you forgot. Cook has been chainsawed in the butt. At this point, uh, oh yeah, he, he's wounded with a chainsaw in the rump meat, and he scurries under the table like a dog for some reason. And I mean, I'm not using that term derogatively. No, no, no. He literally does, Trump. and then he runs around <laughs> in circles underneath the table, as if that's a thing humans do. Yeah, I guess it's to show he's like a. I don't know. I don't. Don't put know. logic in it. No, I can't no. put logic. He gets Toby Hooper probably said, It'd be really funny if he did this. He gets mm. his butt chainsawed and realizes, as you said, Tim, he got my rump meat and he's probably gonna die. It's no longer prime. Yeah. It's just regular shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, pulls a grenade off old Nubbins' corpse, which is Yeah. 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 His name, by the way. Nope. Nope. And They've all got names now. Yay. Nope. Um anyway, he kills frankly everyone the rest yeah. of the cast basically that's first of all not really how grenades work and secondly incredibly underwhelming yep. incredibly fucking underwhelming yeah but don't worry because everybody except because grandpa's back again and yeah kills, kills grandpa the grandpa makeup looks face. much better this time around as well yeah another young guy and a bunch of makeup of yeah, course of course um but yeah that kills cook leatherface and grandpa i guess we never see them again and um lefty and Lefty, yeah, yeah. Sorry, of course, Lefty as well, yeah. Everybody except Chop Top, who chases Stretch to the top of a tower. Because the sun's out now. Upper... Right? I'm glad you picked up on that. Because <laughs> it goes from the death of night, just mm. pitch blackness, to broad fucking daylight. To be fair, the first 15 minutes of this film is like them driving down in what must be like 3pm afternoon <laughs> as the dickhead kids from school. Mm. Then it's dead of night again. It's like, yeah. wow, yeah. Texas sun goes down fast. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, at the top, Stretch finds the remains of the grandmother. Who has? A chainsaw. Why the fuck does she have a functioning... She looks like she's been there for a hundred years. She is coated in cobwebs and dust and stuff. To reiterate, in the first film, Leatherface uses a chainsaw, arguably 
twice. Yes. Yeah. It it is his most iconic weapon. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's also is. not his only weapon. No. Yep. We mentioned the hammer. I was like, oh, he used the yeah. hammer. That's yep. quite clever. Yeah. And um, a meat hook and all kinds of exactly, shit. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How old is Grandpa Sawyer in the first movie, by the way? They do talk about his age shit, briefly. I think they say he's at least 90, maybe 100. He's 124. Yeah. Holy shit. Because yes. he, he's lived in a long life with his, course, yes, with his liquid do. diet. Is, yeah. And it's the same guy in this one 13 years later. So he's yeah. apparently like 137, mm. something like that. I bet he's 78. So grandma's just... She died in like her 60s, I guess. <laughs> sure. And has just been gathering cobwebs as a weird skeletal thing yeah. ever since. But has Except a perfectly they... functioning <laughs> chainsaw Except up there. when they moved her from the house to here, yeah. but then made sure to put all the cobwebs back. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And put a chainsaw on her hands. Yes. Because again, that's what they worship, I guess. Um, they, but they don't. That's not a uh, thing. Uh, anyway, Stretch takes it. How convenient. Starts the chainsaw. She takes a long time to start this chainsaw. I don't know why she thought it would have any fuel yep. in it, but apparently it does. Mm. If you've ever owned a Zippo lighter, that fucker runs out like after a couple of days. <laughs> I can't remember which one it is. I think it's one of the remakes, Hello to Horror Franchises, yeah. where they got the original chainsaw, or one of the original chainsaws from the 70s movie. Mm. That's mental detail. And it's a massive pain. I think it might be Chainsaw 3D. The sequel to the original, yeah, yeah, yeah. the 2013 sequel to the 74 original. Yeah. They had one of the original chainsaws, and it took like 40 minutes to get this thing going. So whenever they did takes with it, they were like, "We're gonna do a mm. bunch of takes with it, not revved up. Make sure you're comfortable with the weight of it and all that kind of stuff. And once we rev this thing up, you have like a take, maybe two takes, and that's your lot because this thing will." That was a studio film. Get a prop department to make one. Yeah, <laughs> it was. See, that's the whole like horror thing, there, right? It's like, but it's the original one from the original uh, thing, uh, and horror guys. It's, it's and old gals. man Leatherface going yeah. all nuts because you need he's to it's, stop fucking. It's forty years later, and he's old yeah. now, and he's it's still using his rattly old chainsaw. Everything is sacrosanct and pure and sacred, but also not enough to leave it the fuck alone. Also, <laughs> continuity out the fucking window. Absolutely. Who cares? Because Leatherface, by the way, is dead. This is the second of nine movies, yep. and he dies in this one, I think, maybe, with the grenade sort of. Uh, I mean, Duh. you don't really see anything afterwards, but also, it's who, right, who, who fucking, fucking cares? cares. <laughs> 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 um, That's Tim. Yep. So, anyway, Stretch takes it, starts the chainsaw, and kills Chop Top. Well, Chop Top stabs the fuck out of her while she's revving the chainsaw. That's true. She's on all fours, like, going, yeah. vroom, vroom. For like what feels like five minutes, Suspense, and he's guys. just slashing and stabbing, flip flop. Hilarious. Oh, flip flop is just useless. Um. Anyway, traumatized, Stretch does her own leather facey dance as the film ends. Yeah, she chainsaws, chainsaws, chop chop. She shows chainsaws at <laughs> she show. <laughs> Doesn't she just? She chainsaws chop top. Like in the chest, I guess. Sure. Kind of grazes him, and he just goes whoa, and does a big banana peel, whoop. fall off of the thing, and falls back into the hole. Presumably survives. Like that, that's a survivable fall. But I guess he got chainsawed on the chest, so that's death. Fair enough, I guess. Just put a metal plate in there. He's got another one that he can scratch yeah, exactly. at with a coat hanger. Yeah. <laughs> and then why the fuck does she do the dance at the end? Because she too is crazy. She's become one of them. My God. That, the circle. Fuck now, off. That could have been a sequel. 
You do the third one, and she's gone mental, and she's started her own cannibal That's family. That's where I go with it. It's it's the if you're doing cycle. a third one, obviously. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Stretch is hideously traumatized by the experience in an eighty schlocky way. Um, but then I don't know. Yeah, I don't need another one. Also, apparently, some of example. Real chainsaw she's dancing with. Don't like that. Yep. Don't know why. Again, I mean, I guess it's one of those things that if you have a prop where the chain is going round, you've basically got a chainsaw anyway. True. You know, it's one of those things where as soon as you've got yeah, a you working can, you replica... Can, you can blunt it. Like, yes, blunt it, make yeah. it made of rubber. There's all kinds of things you can do. Yeah. But nope. they do for a bunch of the other ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because somebody stepped in and said, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Texas Chainsaw 2, a dramatic different film, very polarizing. Fans were not fucking happy. I know there's like the classic and Renaissance now, but oh, people don't yeah, mind it. There's, but there's, there's a cult the following of this fucking movie. By yeah. the time, they were fucked off. We will get yeah. a bunch of angry tweets, I'm sure, saying, like, oh, that's not even the worst one of the franchise. Get in the bin. Oh, it's really <laughs> funny. How could you fix it? It's an 80s Every classic. Every single Meh. Texas Chainsaw film that isn't the original isn't worth watching. Yeah, I agree. I said it. Fuck you. I've seen five of the fuckers and I agree. I've seen all <laughs> those pieces of shit. So yeah, that is the first movie and the second movie. Mm. Drastically fucking different. And I am fascinated to see where you go with this, Tim. I'm I'm a little bit nervous. I'm oh. not going to say. I'm not going to say. I, well, I will say. I'm nervous. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> I won't say it, but God damn it, I'll say it. Tim, that's fine. You can be nervous. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thanks. I just dead-eyed stared Tim I've in the gone, face. I've not to like change your pitch now, Tim, but I've mm. got an idea for you. Texas Chainsaw Skate Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Everything this season is extreme well, sports. Okay, how about this? The Texas Skateboard Massacre. Oh. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> People just whacked in the face with yeah. skateboards. Yeah, that noise. What is it? <laughs> is that a chainsaw? No, it's skateboard wheels on concrete. Yeah. Oh, God, it's them yeah. damn kids. You hear those trucks are coming? Not those kind of trucks. <laughs> the trucks have a skateboard. <laughs> Tony Hawk with just a bunch of stickers stuck yeah. over his face. Yeah. Hey, everybody, it's Tony Hawk. I was like, <laughs> oh, God, Tony, why? Cutting, skate, holding up a skateboard to block the chainsaw and it cuts the skateboard in half. It writes, it writes itself. It does write itself into the bin. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, let's see what you've done with it, Tim. This week, as with so many weeks, we are sponsored by Audible. Audible is the premier audio service out there on the internet. It has thousands upon thousands of audiobooks, podcasts, including sequelizers. You can listen to us there. Prime podcast. Prime podcast material. Uh, There's also comedy specials, guided fitness, meditation, non-fiction, all that kind of stuff. So much more. All available to you with an Audible membership. And we're here to put a little cherry on top of that delicious sundae that they offer you by giving you one month membership free and an audiobook just on us. Mm, by going to audibletrial.com slash sequel, you can claim that fantastic offer today. Uh, we'd like to give a little recommendation for what book you might like to try. Uh, and uh, since we're talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was based loosely on some some true crime events, I thought I'd pick out a true crime title. Uh, and this week I'm recommending I'll Be Gone in the Dark, One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer by Michelle McNamara. Uh, mm. This was published uh, posthumously after her death. 
um, or posthumously. Possibly that's how that's pronounced. It, oh, it, yep. it is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, details her exhaustive search uh, for a serial killer who was hunting in California, who was basically ignored by the police. Uh, and um, she unfortunately passed away before he could be caught, but her reporting was instrumental in him being caught. Um, it is uh, n- narrated by Gabra Zachman. Uh, it has an intro by Gillian Flynn, the writer of Gone Girl and various other uh, yeah. books. And there's an afterword by Patton Oswalt, who was her husband. Yes. Um, a really great, like, top-notch true crime book, if that is your jam. If not, you can get thousands of other books. Surely something there's there to tickle your chainsaw. Uh, <laughs> so get on down to audibletrial.com slash sequel for a month-free membership and an audiobook on us. Audible. Unstuff those ears. Right, guys. Hello. Are you prepared Fuck for no. some Rotten Tomato? I'm worried, Tim. I'm concerned I'm how many they're going to be. Uh, yeah, for it. If this is your first time listening to sequelizers. Oh, good Lord. We do a little game before we get to our fix of looking at the Rotten Tomato scores for the movies in question, which is a completely flawed metric that supposedly measures the percentage of positive reviews, positive meaning three out of five or equivalent by a reviewer. Sometimes a three out of five score will be negative on their system. Sometimes it will be positive. Yeah. Sometimes it will be for an entirely different movie uh, than the one it's meant to be. Who knows? Uh, like we say, it's a very flawed system, but we have fun trying to guess how the numbers uh, are going to pan out. Mm. It's, uh, a, it's a talking point and also outrage point for us. Exactly. More, most frequently an outrage point. So, gents, I've got a treat for you in store here. Oh, no. Fuck Let's hell. start... With the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, oh, 1974. No. I don't like that Tim said, let's start with that one. Matthew, mm. I'm going to come to you first. 89%. Oh, Matthew. Jack, <sighs> what are you thinking? It's about the ballpark I was thinking. I'm not going to lie. Enough people were horrified. 83%. Okay. Jack, we'll okay. remain with you for 1986's... Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Drop off a cliff, I think. I think basically it's going to be high for the first one and then bollocks for the rest of all of the <laughs> other eight ones because I assume we're doing them all, Tim. I see that wistful little look in your eye. The mischievous little eyebrows of Timothy Maytum <laughs> over there. Um, slash it right in half with a chainsaw. 41. Okay. Matt, what do you think? Um, I think like anything fan bases and people who actually follow this stuff aren't always the people who go yeah it's just horror in it um which is a lot of the critics i was gonna say this is critics right and also i think a lot of retroactive people saying it's not that bad ruining it so let's say 50 okay now you will be relieved to hear i'm not gonna make you guess all nine of the films in this franchise but however but i do have the scores here for all of them. Okay, okay that's fine. And what I'm going to do... Oh, no. Higher or lower? ...is I'm going to read through the titles. Yeah. And I would like you to each jump in... Oh. ...with the one that you think is the best and the worst of the remaining films. Fucking hell. In terms of their Rotten Tomato score. Yes. This is some outtakes game show madness <laughs> right here, It really is. I appreciate it. 
So just jump in whenever you think you want to lay claim to one. Obviously, you can lay claim to the same, but that could end up with a draw. Best and worst. The best and the worst rated according to the Rotten Tomatoes critic score. So not including the two we've Not including the first two. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Of the remaining seven. So, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 from 1990. Oh, that's really bad. (laughs) But Next Generation might be worse. Oh. No, that's okay. Okay. The Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a.k.a. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. 1995. The worst. You think that's the worst? I think that's the worst. Tempted, but I'm going to... It's the film Matthew McConaughey's lawyers tried to stop being released because it's so bad. It was filmed like two years earlier. Then Matthew McConaughey became a name that people give a shit about. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. We can release it now. And he was like, do not release that fucking movie. It's so bad. I have a theory. I can I do a thing I haven't done? No, I don't know. Absolutely we'll find not. out. You haven't done it yet. Can I say the third? I know we've gone past the third one, but I think the third one's the worst. Oh, fair okay. enough. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. Can I say that? I think it's between the third and fourth. I think you're right. They're the worst I think it's two. between those two. Mm-hmm. And because you're saying four, I want to say three. That's fair. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's I fair. think it might be four as well, but yeah. I'm going to go three. Yeah. Okay. So next we have 2003's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think that might be the highest. Okay. I don't mind that movie. I think it's mm. one of the better of the rest of the nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's not good. Mm -hmm. Of the five that I've seen, it's probably the best one other than the first one, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. So I'm inclined to agree, but for the sake of a competition, I won't. I mean, we still have different answers on the lowest. Mm -hmm. That's true. Then I'm inclined to agree. Yes, that's the highest. Okay. I will. I will mark me down because the rest is shit. I think maybe weirdly enough, the most recent one. Might have got oh, like some God, sort of. I dread to think because few enough people might not I have seen can't... it. It's on fucking Netflix. That's well. what I mean. <laughs> That's when people might like it. Yeah. Mm. Well, like I said, I've got them all written down here, so we can go through. Oh. Let's let's do it, Tim. Let's oh, do the numbers. God. I will tell you, it's been a clean sweep. Clean I sweep. Our ring first ning of ning. the season. Oh, fuck. Clean sweep. Ring ning ning. But it's been very close. Oh, okay. Close queen sweep. <laughs> ding close ding ding. Sweep. <laughs> uh, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974 mm-hmm. Matt said 89 Jack said 83 with 64 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes Fuck. Matt was spot Fuck. on Hello. 89% Fuck. Oh really? Fucking hell Bang on Bang on You bastard Wow With an audience score of 82 oh, I was Because I, I was like I would have like got 93, 94 thought no outrage Yeah Pull it down That's a bit That's exactly mm. what I thought Bang I, I pulled it down too much I'm shocked mm. Like your trousers at your rhinos. Mm-hmm. Was there with the audience? That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, nineteen eighty six. Matt said fifty percent. Jack yeah. said forty one. Forty eight. Oh, we're in the right ball. Damn. Very That's, close. Like yeah. I said, between the two again. Yeah. With yeah, an yeah. audience score of forty four percent. We got this franchise. I'm, red, deal, I'm the man of the people. That's what we're learning. You're yeah. a, you're a film critic. I'm a man of the people. <laughs> that's, that's, that's our whole dynamic, right there. We have this a lot where we get it in between the two guesses. Yeah, like, yes. a lot because we can 
You get an idea of the ballpark. There's just mm. an inkling, isn't there? You know mm-hmm. the kind of people who review this yeah, kind of stuff and yeah. what they do. Because I, it's not I about... always get that like instinctive yeah. mm-hmm. fucking 40, 50-ish, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like... Abs- yes, the whole bit's the variables. <laughs> it's not really about, as we've learned over the years, is why we keep doing this stuff, it's not really about knowing if the film is good or bad. It's knowing <laughs> what the audience who think? want to talk yes, about yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to do the best of the remaining films first. Okay. Which you both guessed 2003's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The remake. You were both correct. Yeah. Ah, there you go. It's the terrible one. 37%. Wow, there you go. So it's the third. Still lower than the first. Lower still than lower than the first two. Still lower up. than the second as well. Uh, it has if a... I had to watch one of them right now, which one would I watch? <laughs> Probably the remake. Oh, yeah. of, of the schlocky. Of, of two or 2003 remake. Which one would I pick? Probably, probably, yeah, the bus full of kids. It also has the highest audience score Ah, of the remaining, and higher than Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. Ah, fair, fair. With fifty-eight percent. Oh, okay, so not actually high. Not actually high, but higher than people think. It's not that bad. Yeah. Okay. It's not a Jay and Silent Bob reboot, Matthew. Don't fucking don't. (laughs) Worst of the remaining ones. Yes. Matt, you went for number three. Yeah. Leatherface, 1990. It's fucking awful. It is. From what Jack, I you went for Return slash Next Generation, uh-huh. 1995. Now, if it's neither of these, I'd be very surprised. Well, it is. You've got a clean sweep, Matthew. But I, even if I got this wrong, I'd still have a clean sweep. Sure. And if neither of you got it right, I could be going for the closest. That's fair. Yeah. Carry on, carry on, sorry. However, Matt is right. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, Literal. It was two. one of the two. Yeah. And if it's a clean sweep, it has to be you. I guess, yeah. 13% Fuck me. critic score. Fucking hell, sake. Yeah. Uh, Return slash Next Generation has 16%. God, damn Basically it. the same but fucking shit. Jack, you continue your Man of the People spree oh, because you. your choice has the lowest audience score. Of all of them. What can I say, folks? With 18%. Fucking hell. That's appropriate. That fault movie is fucking terrible from what I understand. Uh, It has more of a spotlight on it because of who happens to be in it. Yes. On their way up. Would you like me to sprint through? Please do. Please please do. So, so, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, 13% critic score, 32% audience score. Fuck off. Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a.k.a. Next Generation. 16% 16% critic score, 18% audience score. Yeah, okay. 2003, the remake, 37% critic score, 58% audience score. Jeez, yeah, yeah. Mm. The beginning, aka the prequel to the reboot. Correct. 2006, uh, the second lowest critic score with 15%. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, the second highest audience score of this bunch with 53%. They they do a bunch of like the classic unnecessary explaining of the things that didn't need to be explained from the first film. There's a like a creepy sheriff who's kind of lefty but not lefty Mm. but like creepy rather than mental. (laughs) And then they're like oh it's because it's one of the Sawyers who killed the original sheriff and he's been impersonating that sheriff the whole time. Sheriff Hoyt I think his name's Hoyt if I remember correctly Mm -hmm. has Never been the the sheriff we know has never been the sheriff. It's always been one of the Sawyer right, family. Right. Okay. I was like, oh, that's why he's so mental. But mm. that doesn't explain that scene mm. or that yeah. bit there. Fuck, you've tied yourself in knots here. Mm. Don't do prequels. Bummed it. Yeah. <laughs> 2013's Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yeah. Nineteen percent critic that's score. Crap. Forty percent audience score. Yep. Uh, that's people loving 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 2017's Leatherface. 
27% critic score, 23% audience. Mm. How has this franchise survived for so fucking long? Like you said, Tim, mm. it's like riding off the back of, obviously, one of the most influential and important horror films of all time. Yeah. But but then everything off, off a cliff has just can, been shit. I, can... I nailed it with mm. the everything is straight off a cliff. Yeah. Everything oh, yeah. has been like, it's 89%. And then just trailer trash bullshit for yeah. the next eight fucking movies. Yet we yeah. don't get sequels to shit like, well, Constantine, we might be getting a sequel. Hello. <laughs> we will we will that into yeah. existence. But like Dread and Goonies yeah. and sequels we'd like to see we've covered before yeah. don't get fucking sequels. But we've had nine <laughs> fucking Texas Chainsaw movies. You know why? Because they're cheap and they make the money back. Ugh. And people who grind about, gripe about all this stuff, like, oh god, it's always the same remakes, always the same sequels. If you say like, well, there's a new film from Denmark called Hatching, would you watch that? Mm, probably not. Is it in Danish? Yeah, probably not. Oh, there's, there's another horror film. You can watch this one. It's like, mm, probably not. Um, there's a good one called the, the Black Phone. Would you watch that? Mm, don't know what it is. <laughs> um, Texas Chainsaw. Oh, I know what that is. I'll go watch it. Texas Chainsaw. But it's shit. <laughs> Massacre 2022. <laughs> Uh, I, know that, I know there's words, therefore I'm going yeah. to watch it. Speaking of the Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre. With a bus full of kids. Oh. 31% critic score. Yeah. 26% audience. Yeah. That's crap. So that was close. Because that was my other pick. Yeah. Uh, in case not, I didn't go with yeah. the, the, the mm. three. That's not far off as the highest rated of God damn. sequels. What a journey we've been through that franchise, Tim. What a journey. Fucking hell. Yeah, that is the of the remaining seven. That is the <laughs> second highest critical score, with a mighty thirty-one. I, yeah, I love what a like horrible, crappy silver medal that is. Like, yeah. of yeah. the remaining seven, that is the second best with thirty-something percent. Like, yeah, that's not something to be proud of. That's not something you put on the fucking mm. DVD cover. No, it's yeah. a big bucket of shite. The third? No, wait, no, no, no. Third crossed out. Fourth best <laughs> yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Sort of. Yeah. Maybe. Fucking hell. Anyway. Anyway. What are you doing, Tim? I'm trying to fix this motherfucker. What? Uh, what is the plan? It's a hard task, man. Timothy Chop Top Mate. <laughs> sure. I see you picking your head. Donk, yeah. Donk. Uh, yeah. So I, I uh, had a certain amount of ideas for this and... Uh, I ran with all of so, them. Some of them, some of them, I had straight away, having watched the original. Sure. And then some of them, I watched the second one and was like, "Well, now I know what I don't want to do." Sure, sure. Um, a thing I struggled with was director. I get that. And for a for a while, I suppose I suppose what you I, were doing this. I I stuck with Toby Hooper. Yeah. Because I thought it's his if, thing. It's his thing. Clearly, he made a great first film. And if there's someone else who is in charge going, no, it's not a comedy, you dickhead, uh, <laughs> yeah. might be able to steer him back. However... Sure. I don't think you can do that. No. I decided to change. Okay. I think that's for the best, for the record. And I, I agree. And yeah. I also struggled. I was looking. I was like, okay, who's making horror in the 80s? Uh, to give you a, a hint of where I am putting mm-hmm. this. 80s, and eh? I was like... Mm, okay, there's a lot of interesting people here, but they're doing interesting other films, and I yeah. don't want to take away from that. Mm. Yeah, at what cost? Yeah, who's doing horror in the seventies? Loads of people. Loads but of people, but they don't. Crap. They don't really match the it's tone of what I'm looking for. Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Um. So I ended up with what is probably an interesting pick. Okay. Oh, okay. Um. And I think could match the tone that I'm looking for 
in that okay. I want this to feel some a thing that the first film does occasionally. Hilarious! Hilarious! <laughs> a mm. black comedy treat. Oh. Uh, I want it to feel a little bit almost dreamlike and hallucinatory. Ah, Directed by Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> Uh, and I am having the director be Nicholas Roeg. Oh shit! Who has I know for like two films probably one of the best like first four film runs, mm. and then goes weird. He goes dirty. If I he goes, <laughs> he, he goes, goes dirty, erotic. Oh, oh. like I said, um, we're getting horny leather faces back, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So fucking thrust pri- uh, so I, uh, I should give you the title and the date for this as well, please. Uh, I am simply calling this the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. Ooh, Fair classy, enough. Classy. Roman numerals as well. Yeah. Oh, and oh, they, they right slashed there? into the screen on the title card with a chainsaw. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that'd be if we were making this in 1990, yeah, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're not. We're making this in 1980. Okay. So six years after the original. Is it, is it 80 or 82 that Poltergeist comes out? Uh, um, I think it's 82. Yeah, I should know this, but yeah, Matt, you should. How 82 dare you? is Poltergeist. It is 82. Okay. Yep. So Toby Hooper's kind of Toby Hooper's available, but well, he one, of the, one of the one of the best years of film ever. Mm, damn right, 1982. And Poltergeist also came out. Also Poltergeist. Uh, so yes, this is after Nicholas Rugg's first four films, which are Performance, Walkabout, Don't Look Now, which mm. is his kind of horror. Yeah, very much. Like that. Uh, and the Man Who Fell to Earth. Oh, the Man Who Fell this to Earth. This is right, all right. replacing a film which I'd never heard of before called Bad Timing: A Sensual Obsession. <laughs> That's the name of Tim's actual sequel. <laughs> a Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. A sensual obsession. In a way. Not inaccurate. In a way, yeah. that is what Bubba does to stretch in the actual one. Yeah. We get a sensual obsession. Yeah. Fucking hell. Uh, he then goes on to do The Witches, uh, Cold Heaven, and as I have written here, a bunch of weird erotica. There, there it is, yeah. <laughs> I remember doing The Witches. Yes. And then saying, this isn't for kids, Jesus. Yeah. Yes, that was my other kind of thing of like, mm, yeah, he can deal with like weird makeup and shit. Uh, yes. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Returning cast as Leatherface, oh. Gunnar Hansen. Makes oh, sense. nice. Okay. I think there was the, a contract dispute. The the reason, it was indeed. The yes. reason he wasn't in the second one is that they said, okay, we're going to pay you this amount plus a bit extra to make up for what would go to your agent. Yes. Uh, and he went, I haven't got an agent. And then they go, okay, well, then we're chopping that part off of the pay. And he went, well, now I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, going back to money, Iceland. Fuck off. Yeah. yeah, fuck uh, that. So we will just give him that money. And uh, famously, all of the different Leatherface actors like get into squabbles about who's the best Leatherface and stuff. I believe, I think... Spoilers, it's the first one. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think... Gunnar Hansen and Bill Johnson didn't get on for years. That and makes then, sense. And then they both ribbed on uh, Brunaski, who's the remake guy. Yeah. Because he does the slam the shutter door thing. Mm. And there's a clip of, I think it's Gunnar Hansen or Bill Johnson. I can't remember which mm. one it is. Doing the whole... I think it's Bill Johnson doing an impression of Hansen's one from the first one. Mm. Like, here's how Gunnar Hansen slams a damn slaughterhouse door. <laughs> and he goes... <laughs> like very iconic thing mm. like, and here's how Bernaski does it <laughs> click it's like there you go it's just not the same you know <laughs> so yeah and they do like reunite like all oh, the leather faces at this <laughs> horror convention and you get like yeah. 
nine blokes all lined sitting up down for a dinner table exactly yeah. uh, um, hands on hands uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also bringing back uh, Jim uh, Seidel 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 I think Seidel I don't know I think so I'm not sure uh, Max von Seidel but slightly different he's dead now he is so he's not going to write in and complain um, I'm calling his character who is kind of unnamed in the first one Papa fair They're enough much better than not yeah, named yeah, Drayton Drayton or yeah. Cook or whatever yeah yeah uh, yeah New cast as Alison Chambers. Uh oh. I have no me- no relation. <laughs> no to, relation to me. To God. That we know. Oh. Uh, I have Melody Anderson, who people are going to best know as Dale Arden from Flash Gordon. Oh, Interesting. okay. Uh, she's also been uh, in a, a TV movie about Elvis and uh, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, on the, TV. the original Battlestar Galactica, the original Battlestar Galactica, yep, yep, yep. not the remake. Uh, in 1980, uh, she goes on to be in a bunch of TV, uh, Saint Elsewhere, Manimal, uh, a bunch of episodes of All My Children. Okay. Uh, as George Lagarde, I have Austin Stoker, mm. uh, another one who people will primarily know from one thing, which is Assault on Precinct 13. Oh, yeah. oh. Uh, he's also been in Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, he was on the Return to the Planet of the Apes TV show. Right. Uh, he's also been in uh, Roots on TV at this point. Yeah. Oh. Uh, goes on to be in some other TV and the famous, uh, made famous by uh, Mystery Science Theater film Time Walker <laughs> and some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, as Curtis Lagarde, as he was being credited at the time, Larry Fishburne. Hey! Oh, shit. Big boy Larry. Yeah. We, we love a bit of Larry. Uh, so at this point, he'd been on One Life to Live on TV, and notably in Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now. Now. Yeah, of course. Yep. Goes on to be in Death Wish 2 around this time, then Rumblefish, The Color Purple, The Matrix, Man of Steel, etc. Morph- et Morpheus and The Matrix et cetera, and many other things. Et cetera, yeah. yes. yes. Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, and finally, as Quinn Fletcher... I have Annie Potts. Uh, ah, nice. Um, best known for Ghostbusters, yep. which is obviously a few years after this. Uh, at this point, she'd done Corvette Summer, which is a weird film with... Uh, it, it was the first film post-Star Wars uh, with Mark Hamill in it. Oh, right. Uh, about wow. him want, trying to restore his car and her being a sort of prostitute. <laughs> Who goes on a road trip with him? Wow! Uh, she'd also done some TV. She goes on, obviously, to be in Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two, Pretty in Pink, uh, designing women on TV. She's Bo Peep in all the Toy Story films. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And sure. she's also the grandma in Young Sheldon. Oh yeah, my favorite. How did I not yeah. recognize that one? Um, <laughs> and something we are retaining from Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. We are getting special makeup effects by Tom Savini. Yeah. Boom. Love it. Can't go wrong with Tom Savini, baby. Okay. So, all that preamble, let's get into it. Okay. The film opens with a voiceover describing the events of the first film, in particular the ordeal suffered by Sally Hardesty, which is then joined by additional voiceovers, speculation over the truth of what happened that day, news reports detailing the fruitless search for the farm or anyone related to it, Commentators claiming that Hardesty killed her brother and made up the story. The voices grow to an incoherent cacophony before suddenly going silent as we join Alison Chambers being accompanied through the halls of a mental institution in Oklahoma. 
Mm. Okay. I like the creepy, weird, spooky intro with the voiceover mm. and stuff. Allison claims to be a relative of Sally Hardesty from a branch of the family that has recently returned from fucking Australia. Uh, that's an in-joke because uh, Melody Anderson uh, spent a bunch of time growing up in Australia when mm-hmm. she was younger. Nice. So she can probably do a decent just, accent. Just a little Aussie moment there, yeah. just for fun. Texas Chainsaw Mascara. <laughs> she is allowed to visit the Catatonic Sally with a cameo from Marilyn Burns. Oh, nice. Where she reveals I'm, she... I'm doing that thing where I'm like, you, yeah, you have to throw a lot of money at her, but I, you know what? Yeah. I think she happen. doesn't have a huge amount to do. No, no, no. She I think I think she it's does a bunch of other I, schlocky horror. I was gonna say I think it's feasible because it's like the original people aren't here. It's like fine, I'll like do it. One of the money. original screen queens, basically. So, exactly. Yeah. So I I I, I, I just want to think some people might. Like, well, I don't know. She'd come back. It's like she wouldn't come back for. She Toby wouldn't Hooper. come back to be tormented by Toby Hooper. No, again. I to think sit she down worked with Toby Hooper again a couple of times. Oh, fuck it. But yeah. Anyway, classic. Karen, sorry. Marilyn Burns is back. Brief cameo as Sally. Where yes. she reveals she is, in fact, a journalism graduate from Texas of the Chainsaw Massacre variety, <laughs> who is trying to piece together the story of what happened six years ago. Nice, we're sticking with the timeline there. Realistic six years to six years with the release of the movies. Mm-hmm. Allison lays out her evidence, including a map of the area where she thinks the farm is located, but Sally remains silent. However, when Allison mentions her brother, Franklin, she begins to scream. As in... Uh, Sally starts screaming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really weird <laughs> if Allison was like, Do you remember your brother Franklin? Do <laughs> <laughs> now. He sounds like that. Fucking hell. Um, revealing that she is bitten through her tongue at some point in the past. Yes. So it's like, Ah, shit. That's a. And again, it got a nice visual effect. Like, yeah. The disturbed Allison leaves, exiting the institution and joining her friend Quinn, who has been driving the pair. As the sun begins to set, the pair cross the state border into Texas, dun, dun, where all dun. them chainsaw massacres happen. Yeah, from Oklahoma, where they really like prime meat, to Texas, yeah. where as they fuck cr- Texas, cross over the thing. It's like welcome to Texas, home of the chainsaw massacre. <laughs> In future. chainsaw massacre. Susan Sarandon won't like it either. Yeah, yeah. she famously doesn't like Texas. In that film, that one noise. Moving on. Allison and Quinn book into a motel for the night and go to eat at a local barbecue restaurant. Can't trust barbecues in Texas, this is what we've learned. Yep. As Quinn leafs through Allison's research, reading aloud, the camera focuses on the pig carcasses being prepared and the hungry locals devouring the meat. Mm. When their meals arrive, Allison says she can no longer eat it, and the sardonic Quinn chides her for being too squeamish about her own story. Uh-oh. Wah, wah. Returning to their car, Quinn flirts with the pair of locals, but rejects them when they become too aggressive. They make their way back to the motel, and Allison tries to sleep, but visions of the locals shoving meat into their mouths, bleh, that's a vegetarian, very uncomfortable, mixed with Sally's mutilated tongue in her mind. That's a nice visual, I like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I'm getting some good Tom Savini fake tongue. <laughs> I'm getting some good erection, what the fuck, <laughs> Jack? <laughs> I'm, getting some, I'm getting some notes of, uh, you know, like an oaky kind cardamom. of... Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. cardamom and stuff. Outside the women's room, we see figures moving in the darkness. The next day, Allison and Quinn... <laughs> <laughs> Just straight in there. Next day. Next day. Allison and Quinn head in further into Texas, trying to locate the farm. They become lost on the back roads and realise they are running low on fuel. Allison has thought ahead and brought a jerry can. I got for that. And I, I do like a sort of like, oh no, horror trope. Nope. 
uh, but upon examining it, they discover it has been dumped out oh. by the locals Quinn was flirting with. Oh, the double bluff. Brilliant. With the tank almost empty, they head back to the main road, just about reaching it as the car grinds to a halt. Mm. Quinn offers to walk back to a gas station oh. they passed several miles back, Uh-oh. but Allison is increasingly nervous and wants them to stick together. They manage to flag down a passing truck driven by George Lagarde, who is travelling with his brother Curtis, and the two men offer the women a ride at least as far as the gas station. Allison and Quinn join Curtis in the back, and after some conversation, they learn that he has recently run away, and his older brother has come to collect him. Curtis relays how the brothers come from an oil town in West Texas, and that George had been injured in the machinery a few years back. We now see George's crippled right hand, the fingers curled inward and the flesh scarred. Again, Tom Savini doing some good work there. Curtis tells Allison and Quinn that he wanted to get out of the town before something similar happened to him, that we're all just meat being chewed up and spat out by that beast. As he reaches the conclusion of his story, Allison yells out, having recognised a house in the distance, which she believes to be the farm she's looking for. She asks George to stop, and she and Quinn approach the house through the thick corn fields that surround it. Get that nice tracking shot again. Yeah. Reaching the front of the house, the now nervous Quinn asks Alison what she wants to do now. That's an excellent fucking question. Mm-hmm. What's the plan now? Now we're at the murder house. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll just clack clack. And Tim's t- t- film takes a complete different taste. Like, oh, I guess we'll just get out these two mini <laughs> chains. <laughs> ah, ah. They open the door. Power ah. up their mech. Oh, Tim! <laughs> it's leather face. Mecha leather face. <laughs> I mean, fucking. He's wearing skin <laughs> and a robot <laughs> as well. In a sort of New Zealand Australian accent. No, that's Mecha. That's <laughs> <laughs> Mecha leather face. Okay. They begin to circle the property, taking photographs. <laughs> Gotta get that. They fucking. Over- we didn't even mention that fucking sound effect. We did not. They overuse the shit out of that in that <laughs> franchise. Of course they do. It's iconic and scary in the first one. And can That's be used... No, it's terrifying. Can be used with great effect. Of course. But fuck me, do they ever do it in all that? Oh, fucking course. And noting certain elements that match Sally's story, as well as others that do not. Mm. Tim, I feel like a pivot is coming. Mm. Out by the road, Curtis grows impatient and follows after the women, with George trailing behind him. Alison and Quinn find a large metal bin attached to the side of the house. Oh, that's literally a large mech suit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it's coming. A large metal <laughs> man-shaped <laughs> up, thing. Up, up. Uh, and begin to lever it open. In the fields, Curtis notices a scarecrow and approaches it nervously. The thin figure upon the wooden frame has a sack over its head and a sign saying, Rotten, has been hung around its neck. <laughs> Opening the bin... The women discover dozens upon dozens of pairs of shoes, laces tied together, many several decades old. Interesting. Terrifying. Nothing scarier than a bin full of shoes. (laughs) Bins! Watch out. (laughs) As Curtis reaches out to touch the foot of the scarecrow, it twitches. And he screams in shock, his voice carrying out across the fields. Goddamn! Allison and Quinn turn towards the noise and suddenly, from behind them, Leatherface appears, cracking Quinn's head open with a sledgehammer and showering Allison in her blood. Nice. Again with the hammer. Nice. Doesn't have to go straight in with the fucking chainsaw. As Quinn falls to the ground, spasming uncontrollably, 
Alison screams and runs, heading back towards the road. In the fields, she collides with Curtis and George, and the trio attempt to get their bearings when the ground underneath them shifts and then collapses, dropping them into a cave. How quick is that dropped in? Is it like four minutes it's, it's, of just yeah. falling through a slow kind of dirty chute? It's the rest yeah. of the film. It's like going down like a helter-skelter, but like holding your arms out to like really slow yourself ah, down. Yeah, perfect. So, yeah, yeah, that's what we need. Yeah. <laughs> Back at the house, Leatherface drags Quinn's corpse inside, giggling. What kind of giggling, Tim? You're like... <laughs> just some just some real creepy giggling Good, shit. good. Cro- not not like crop top style. <laughs> his tongue's hanging out. It's like... Because <laughs> he's horny as shit. Underground, Alison, Curtis and George realise they are unable to reach the surface. George has injured his leg during the fall, while Curtis is badly shaken after nearly impaling himself on some ancient farm equipment in the cave. Using George's lighter and the flash from Allison's camera as a light, <laughs> they are able to pick their way forward, um, eventually finding a tunnel and an old oil lamp to provide illumination. I don't mind reading it like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting am. spooky. Bringing the tension in. The caves show clear signs of having been used over the years, and the trio eventually find their way to a larger chamber. There, they find a number of skeletal totems created by the family, and a huge, beastly figure constructed from hundreds of bones, human and animal. Exit. Oh, God. Chains and other signs of imprisonment line the walls of the cavern, and George is able to pull one free to arm himself. Have you added a bone golem from Dungeons and Dragons in here, Tim? I'm a bit worried. We're about to get some magic shit. Get some mech suit versus bone golem. <laughs> I'm all about it. I'm fine with it. Moving beyond the skeletal effigy, the trio find a wooden staircase leading up. Curtis reaches the top and opens the trapdoor, only to reveal a waiting leather face, of course, (laughs) giggling and being terrifying, who grabs the young man and slams the trapdoor shut. Alison and George try to push it open, but to no avail. Above ground, Leatherface drags the struggling Curtis to see Papa, who states that this one is young enough to be broken. He'll make a fine addition to the family. It's a nice touch. I like that. Curtis is tied up, taken to the kitchen, and laid on a slab next to the corpse of Quinn as Leatherface begins to butcher her, forcing Curtis to watch. Sorry, Annie Potts. Unrated. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Tom Savini. Unrated. (laughs) Down in the cave. After some time spent searching, Allison is able to find a long piece of metal, and she and George begin trying to lever the trapdoor open. As they do, George tells Allison that he wants to give Curtis a better life than he had, and that their father had. He makes Allison promise that she'll help get Curtis to safety, and with a primal yell, the pair are able to break the trapdoor open. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> primal. The pair move stealthily through the basement and find their way into the house, searching for Curtis. They spot him in the dining room, where he's been tied to a chair and a funnel forced into his mouth. Oh, God. So, I don't count this as a dining room scene so far, in case that's where we're going. So, you know what? You're doing fine, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> as George rushes forward to free him, Papa appears from a doorway behind Allison, grabbing her. She attempts to fight him off using the metal lever, but without success. Torn between helping Allison and his brother, George hesitates, then attacks Papa with a chain, allowing Allison to pull free from his grasp. Papa yells out, and Leatherface looms into view from across the dining room, chainsaw growling. That's intimidating and terrifying. Rawr. 
<laughs> See? Proof. Ah. <laughs> George wrestles with Papa, managing to push him towards Leatherface as he approaches, and the old man is impaled on Leatherface's chainsaw. He doesn't just skim his bum a little bit, Tim? No, he does not. Oh, wow. Rinse him out. Interesting. Not just ruining some rump meat, just actually impaling a dude. <laughs> Leatherface howls in anguish and rage and charges at George, running him through with the power tool. Uh, he just grabs another power tool. So there's a drill <laughs> to hand. Yeah, got you. Yeah, drill a car. <laughs> would be less intimidating. The Texas drill massacre. Like, mm. I mean, drill a killer got banned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah drill a killer came out like a f- only about three years after Texas yeah. Chainsaw. Yeah, clearly I- inspired by. I saw a drill a killer Blu-ray today in a shop in Norwich. That fun. I mean, that was one of those ones that, at the same time as Texas was coming out yep. for the first time on DVD, was like, "Yep, yep. ah, finally, you, I have we, that DVD we as can, well. We can get to see Driller Killer. Yeah, fine, great." Leatherface backhands Allison, banging her head against the doorframe. As she slips into unconsciousness, she sees Leatherface on his knees, cradling the dying body of Papa. Allison regains his. Oh, Tim. Oh, <laughs> Allison regains her senses to find herself in the dining room. Uh oh. It's fine, Tim. Uh, her leg crudely tied to the television. Leatherface's attention is, by the way, for young people listening, that would have been a heavy thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this you is not a just, flat screen. You can't just pull over the flat screen. Yeah. Like, this would be like a giant 50s box, I imagine. Yeah. Not like a, even a 70s TV. Which might, you know, a wooden bulb thing that you'd need <laughs> two people to move. Yeah. Three times wider than it is tall. Yeah. yeah. And two times deeper than it is tall. Yeah. yeah. If, if it fell on you, you'd die. Right. <laughs> Leatherface's attention is ter- focused on Curtis. He is pouring a bucket of meat slurry. Oh, lovely. <laughs> meat slurry down the funnel that had been forced into Curtis's mouth. Mm-mm, bitch. <laughs> Turning into Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Weirdly enough, yeah. Um, Curtis struggles to free himself from the behemoth's grip, but to no avail. Satisfied that Curtis has eaten enough. Leatherface attempts to untie one of Curtis's arms from the chair he is tied to, eventually growing frustrated and wrenching the chair arm free from the rest of the seat. Then he pulls the screaming Allison closer, holding her head over a large bucket. Finally, with his other hand, he tenderly places the he- a heavy hammer into Curtis's hand, uh. gesturing to him that he should smash in Allison's head. I like this direction. Here. Kind That's of good. mirroring the uh, the granddad. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely, yeah. definitely. Curtis begins to weep and protest, saying that he doesn't want to, and Leatherface takes Curtis's hand in his own, miming the action of the killing blow on Allison's exposed head. As Curtis continues to resist him, Leatherface stands up, temporarily releasing both of his captives as he yells in frustration. (laughs) Curtis and Allison make eye contact, and sharing a moment of terror and desperation. As Leatherface bends down to once again demonstrate to Curtis... Allison launches herself at a captor, barging into his stomach and causing him to double over. Curtis pulls back the hammer and strikes Leatherface, who staggers backward, flailing wildly and knocking the hammer from Curtis's hand. Allison manages to pull herself free from her ropes and grabs the hammer, while Curtis slams the broken chair arm that he is tied to into Leatherface's head, a jutting nail stabbing into the cannibal's eye. Oh, that's some Savini shit right there. <laughs> Like they're making little vomity noises, Tim. <laughs> yeah, the sign of approval, I guess. Yeah. As Leatherface continues to swing at the pair, clutching his eye and moaning in pain, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Allison strikes him again with the hammer, then pulls Curtis's chair back, 
towards the hallway. She slams the shuttered door closed and starts f- trying to free Curtis, getting his arms loose from the chair. However, the shutter door slides open and the enraged Leatherface charges through, grabbing hold of Curtis and pulling him back into the house. Alison tries in vain to keep hold of Curtis's chair but is no match for the Leatherface. As she lets go, Curtis and the cannibal go sprawling backwards and Alison grabs a mounted antler from off the wall, stabbing it into Leatherface's one good eye. He once again yowls in pain and Alison is able to pull Curtis free, the chair he was tied to now smashed to pieces in the struggle. The pair flee out of the house and run towards the road. They get picked up by a truck driver who just runs away for some reason. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Fuck this. Back inside the house, we follow Leatherface as he smashes several rooms to pieces in frustration, then carefully picks up the body of Papa. Carrying him like a baby, he descends into the cellar and then the basement to the foot of the strange effigy. He kneels down, Papa in his lap, as the noise of metal grinding, screams, and the wet, thick sound of meat being butchered fills the space. Mmm. Ominous. Spooky. First things first. It's not as funny as the original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have that black comedy. You're missing, that, you're that missing we, the trick of a lot of so much. black comedy we learned yeah. about from the first movie. I guess yeah. the way he wails is going to be where the comedy comes through, right? Um... As, as we were going, <laughs> basically, um, as we said before, nigh on impossible task. Try to get textures on because it feels like you're essentially retreading the first one. Yeah, but I don't necessarily have a problem with that because I don't know if there's a lot of things you can do. It feels different enough. I That's think. the thing yeah. because you got the the journalistic side of it. I'm going to go investigate. I'm going to go figure this out, which is fair enough. And the idea of finding the house, I was like, well, yeah, they're still doing this shit. Mm. Nothing's changed because that's what they know. That makes sense. And the fact that it is, they're still out there. I like that there are bits which mirror and um, uh, continue an homage things. But at the same time, that it does end differently. That, it, that, 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 that there's a bit of solemn, a solemnity and, and, and somberness to the whole thing. Mm. Um, there is that weird, creepy familial connection. The fact that they're trying to induct new family members um and and just the whole like let me show you do this do this i think that adds a sort of layer of psychological horror to the whole thing which is quite nice um so overall in, in infinitely better than any of the texas chainsaw sequels hands <laughs> down uh mr bus full of kids but it's fine um but one thing you're still, missing bus full of kids. yeah it's where still do you think all those shoes came from oh <laughs> Tim. party bus shoes we <laughs> we've got to mention it's a party bus by the way. <laughs> no seriously it's a party bus it, it is shot shot shots um it's, it's different enough from the first one to make it engaging and entertaining um it does its job really nicely it adds a sort of human element but it's also giving the 80s people what they want which is going darker and bloodier and more visceral and violent. So I feel like your pitch, because this is the thing we say like now, it's like, you know, oh, to a contemporary audience, yada, yada, yada. But to an 80s audience, on the cusp of it as well, mm. you know, Halloween's just come out, for example. Um, it's like, oh, Texas Chainsaw is back. Mm. And now we're changing the industry again with this kind of mm-hmm. horror. Um, I think in that kind of world, maybe people would be more accepting of the thing. <laughs> In 1982, oddly enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I th- and again, in fact, it's going to be good. We know it's going to be high level, good quality uh, makeups and visual effects and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like. And not just that it's like, ah, he's fucking stabbed in the eye. It's the mix of the 
the eating and the meat and the the dream sequence stuff i think there's a lot of really good visual things here um again yeah th- th- there are other ways you could have gone in theory but as we know that doesn't always work out mm. um but I like yeah I was, I was very aware especially as i got to the latter half of kind of writing it i was like yeah it's basically going through the first one again but with like trying to approach certain things from a different angle yeah. and yeah. trying to d- do the george lucas thing of they rhyme. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, the rhyming, yeah. Um, of certain scenes and kind of yeah, mirroring certain aspects of the first and mm. uh, pulling out kind of different themes and stuff. Hopefully, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm very aware that if this was the film that came out, we'd probably still be sequelizing it and going, it's just a retread of the first one, isn't it? <laughs> we, we, it would be one of those ones where we don't dislike it, but it could be, and that's not me slating you, that's saying mm. like. Whoever does this role, I, th- I think it's a fucking tough one. I think a lot of it would come down to direction in the yeah. end, and I hope that like Roeg is really known for doing a lot of sexy shit. Stuff. It does does a lot of sexy stuff, but also does a lot of like fractured chronology kind of mm, stuff. Yeah, and I kind of wanted to get into that with the because they we kind of touched on it when we were talking about um uh the films earlier of like. How do they not get caught after the events of the first one? Um, you know, surely you would have all the police in the world just showing up at of that course. farm. And so I wanted to kind of play with the idea of it, like having this kind of dreamlike quality and not putting anything overtly supernatural in it, but just this idea of like it exists in this space that is kind of almost liminal where it's like right. you can't stumble across the house until you're meant to. It's almost you... Bermuda oh, Triangle. Like. Yeah, 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 that kind of thing. I like um, that. That's good. And the idea that like certain things don't match up to the reports that they've got from earlier in like I was, Sally's. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I was like, this is going to take you to one of two directions. Mm. One, there's another house or another thing or another mm. family. It's just more fucked up weird shit. Mm. Or it's the whole, oh, it's unreliable narrator stuff. And like, you know, well, mm. that's why you couldn't find it because through the trauma and the trauma and the yeah yeah and so yeah. yeah certainly like taking some of that as being like trauma and the idea that like whenever she got where she got dropped off like even just her being able to put together like it's down this road was like too much yeah. kind of thing um so yeah that was kind of one of the things that I, and, and and the direction would and the editing and stuff like that would play into a lot of that oh, you said that dreamlike quality you mentioned exactly at the beginning, right? yeah. yeah that's a really interesting thing because I hadn't picked up on that kind of the the liminal space of the whole mm. thing. What is the kind of influence for the effigy stuff? Is that is that a reference to anything in particular, or like a a thing in real life, or anything like that that um, you're pulling from? The thing that I was kind of thinking of, uh, but I didn't want to make it as explicit in many different uh, uses of that word. I don't like the your, mm-hmm. uh, your giggling. As you're have saying. you read Preacher? Yeah. Uh, you know the arc where he goes to the town that's like the meat packers. Yep. And they, I think there's the character's name like Odin something. Yeah, yeah. Who makes a big meat woman. Yeah. 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 It was a little bit like that. Yeah. Creepy, creepy little bald guy. Yeah. yeah. And just from like reading stuff about the making of the first one and Toba Hooper talking a lot about like it's a film about meat, <laughs> uh, and it's like the most pro vegetarian film that you'll get because yeah. people come away from it and go. Actually, I don't think I want to eat animals anymore. Yeah. Um. And so, leaning into that a little bit of you can like, see that influence. From there the is start, there yeah. is a there is an element of almost like 
worship to what mm. they're doing and it's not necessarily like a demon thing or anything but it's like they're just compelled to butcher these things and then take the remains and do stuff with them yeah yeah see i feel like and um, it's a good thing i didn't come come to me um i feel like i'd have probably released it like 20 30 years later put a bit of a windigo mist kind of thing in it as well like mm. you know it's because again north america windigo the idea mm. of consuming meat mate meat makes you stronger drives you crazy yada, yeah yada, yada. but it's like the second you start quantifying stuff it steps away from what this thing is which is the whole like again as we discussed previously the idea of what makes this terrifying it's a bunch of fucking nutters they could be anywhere mm. yeah yeah i very much didn't want to say like oh it's because they're demon worshippers or no but i like oh, there's the something hints of it. in the basement that's driving them crazy it's yeah. almost like this is as much a manifestation of their craziness as the killing is rather than yeah. it's a symptom rather than a cause kind of kind, thing. kind of like the norman bates thing basically yeah. yeah yeah i get it i get it there's that direct reference to psycho with the driving in the first one oh well. yeah i appreciate yeah. um i really really like the whole making curtis a member of the family thing mm. because i, I th- it almost like is less interesting to me that they are literally blood relatives yeah and the mm-hmm. fact that you brought in that element of like you can be like indoctrinated and become a part of the family and cult all that kind of shit. stuff, abusive cult culture, shit. abusive yeah. culture is really Manson interesting. Shit. Exactly, yep. it's, it's in drawing the on the Americana mm. fear of yep. the cult, fear of Manson kind of stuff. Mm. That's really cool. And having like Papa is this like charismatic, almost like cult leader figure, indoctrinating people in, mm. and Leatherface is this whatever the opposite of charisma is yeah <laughs> it's silent groaning giggling kind of monster i really really like that element i was expecting a double cross of some kind some like curtis would actually do it in the end right, and kill yeah. her or something like that i don't know if that makes the film better but as i was reading that's what i was expecting mm. and i quite like that you kind of tease that and play mm. with that again an exercise intention right mm. it's playing with those expectations of the audience of being like oh oh is he leatherface is expecting him to kill allison hmm. is he is he convinced now like is this enough to like cross him over the edge yeah. and, and push him that far and obviously in a film you can drag that moment out further you can Absolutely. put more ambiguity like is he going to do it is is leatherface just going to grab his hand and do it for him yeah all that kind of stuff yeah i mean you read uh, when you're reading the Leatherface grabs his hand and motions the thing. I was like, "Oh fuck! Oh no, right! He's just demonstrating." Like, mm. yeah, there's that. Mm-hmm. There's so much that could be told in a cinematic way that obviously we're unable to convey fully in the in the form of just yep. two thousand words on a Google Doc. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was really like visually striking to me. I could really picture a lot of those scenes and picture a lot of those shots. Yeah, definitely. and as we're reading it, you you heard my visceral reactions to some of those things like, um i really like the scarecrow as well scarecrows are fucking terrifying when nice used properly yeah. and the fact that it just says rotten on it i was like oh that's really cool that's a real clever Th- that's like- some really good filmmaking slash video game environmental storytelling stuff you're like everything about this fucking place is telling me to fucking leave yeah mm-hmm. do you need an horror films you need that sort of Signposting to Interestingly, what I drew on with the Blair Witch game that I did for my Blair Witch sequel, Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game coming out next year. But, of course there is. Yeah, exactly. Um, made by the people who did the Friday the 13th game. So don't expect it to be super scary in first person, all that kind of I stuff. I played that one. It's okay. It's, it's going to be yeah, asymmetric yeah. multiplayer stuff where you're 
running away from Leatherface, basically. Mm. One person plays as Leatherface and everybody else runs away. Anyway, sure. it feels almost more like that kind of, especially with the shit with the Scarecrow and the effigies and stuff, that feels like the almost Blair Witchy style. Like mm. The whole point of Blair Witch, again, is that it's based on a true story. And is it supernatural? Is it just a dude who's gone nuts and mm. all that kind of stuff? Obviously, in my sequel, I lean into the supernaturalness of like, or, or do I? It's possessed <laughs> the the other guy and he's betrayed his friends. Mm. Or has he just gone nuts with trauma and stuff? And like you played with that kind of the the barrier there of like psychological, magical. Mm? We don't know. There's some weird shit going on, mm. but crazy people do crazy shit all the time. And that mm. doesn't mean, as you said, doesn't mean it's fucking demons automatically. Mm. Yeah, People do weird shit in cults that is not driven by real magic shit yeah. like like we said the, a lot of texas chainsaw one is based on so much of the actual murders that happened in texas the ed gein stuff as well mm. yeah and you can really see this is kind of not to say pulling on the same inspirations but still is a believable thread there from the first one to be like yeah this this is fucked up shit that is could be mm. a weird kind of like supernaturally kind of thing or could just be a bunch of nutters mm. I do have a suggestion. Go More for it. nutters, nutting everywhere. Oh <laughs> no, no, um, no. Um, just to give a bit of extra, well, for, for, okay, preempting something that happens in '93 with fucking Waco, um, and we're a couple of years out of the Jonestown massacre. Now, if you mm. want that cult mindset, I'd go one step further and give Allison a bit more personal attachment. I'd say have the the inclusion that more people have gone missing specifically mm. this has been ongoing like the thing but specifically someone person it doesn't be like a typical mm. cliche brother thing but somebody person yeah yeah a, a, a fellow person in the in the school whatever. Mm. um and when you, film game carries on as normal mm. i mean you get to the house you reveal that they have been trying to find more people to become part of the family right yeah. and there are so and that this person that she's been looking for she finds bits of as a lab yeah. or what the fuck ever and it's like oh yeah we he, he didn't fit the family that kind of yeah thing. i mean that's kind of what it's, the implication of the scarecrow, the scarecrow is, scarecrow yes. is yeah. i think like this person didn't fit the that's bill. what i mean and just like i think just more heavily lean into it because i think in that mm. in, in the in the psyche of the audience at the time it's like yeah r- fucking people are being uh, slavishly drawn into cult stuff and anyone doesn't pass the test as it were mm is killed and i think yeah i think that would just just a hint of it just no, bring, that absolutely i think what we got there is yeah. really cool mm. and the, the fact they're desperately because i think they have that desperation already from leatherface of like i'm just trying to get a new brother can you not just join my family mm. and that, that yeah frustration like look, look do this yeah i can't keep finding more people i'm lonely that yeah. kind of creepy fucking mm. childlike uh, arrested development uncomfortable exactly yeah, yeah. and the and fact then, that at that point he's the one remaining seemingly the last one remaining yeah. and so it's even more uh, confusing for the audience when he's cradling Papa at the end like mm. what the fuck do I do now yeah and so we're, we're giving him a bit of a Frankenstein bit of uh, like oh the, yeah is he the monster it's like no yeah because then you reveal like you know or the audience starts to question is he in fact this horrible awful killer mm. yes he is he's eating people mm. and cutting them making furniture is he a decent carpenter? I mean, there's some good furniture. <laughs> um, but more importantly, is he just a cycle of all this stuff that's happening? Yeah. And he doesn't know how to live outside of this stuff. Just, yeah. it, again, it's the cycle. You, you add that, you give it the 80s horror, you know, segue into like the, the visceral nature of it. Mm. But you still have that semblance of 70s psychological mm. trauma thriller stuff saying like, fuck me, this is awful. Yeah. This is terrifying. This is, you know, 
these people are also victims who mm. have become awful things. Because that, like, that's the vibe I always got from the first one. And I think part of what Very makes much so. the second one so frustrating is when um, Sidow's character comes in yeah. and is like abusing Leatherface. Yeah. And yeah. Leatherface is just like apologetic almost. Mm. He's um, beaten, buckled and broken. And... E- exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to a little bit like explore that dynamic a bit more. yeah no i get that i get that but as i say just just to hint it to elevate that because i think it's really strong and put it more in the foreground yeah because that also sets it apart from the first one more yeah a little bit no, that's good um good, good shout sweet 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 pardon that tim i think you had a very as we have with a lot of this <laughs> a lot of these episodes where we're not necessarily a poison chalice but one that's full of shit like <laughs> here drink this i'm like i'd rather not yeah um but you did this skip it chili <laughs> this mm. chili smells like Human was it? What he said? <laughs> oh, a hard chili kernel or some bollocks. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. it's tooth or some shit. Yeah. Was, yeah. Anyway, well, folks, if you are a die-hard Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan, I'm sure there are plenty of you out there. Please do sure. let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. We are Sequelizers on Twitter. We are Sequelizers on Instagram. If you do want to hit us up on there, the best place to contact us, honestly, is probably the Discord, which you can find at Sequelizers.com. There's links for the Discord. There's links for the live streams. Will be back very, very soon. Ooh. Links for basically everything else. All the previous episodes of the show, links to the Patreon, all that kind of stuff is available at sequelizers.com. The reason I mentioned the Discord is it's a fantastic community of now more than 200 of us all talking about sequelizers episodes. We That's basically a cult. have like a post show discussion. Once it goes live on the Patreon on the Friday, we have a post show discussion there which is all appropriately spoiler-tagged, I hasten to add. We have a pretty strict spoiler culture in there, so you can go in safe into the film or the TV or the streaming recommendations, even comics and all kinds of stuff, and not get spoiled there. But it's a great place to chat with other like-minded people about all that kind of stuff. We talk about wrestling, we talk about YouTube recommendations, parenting, politics, and, of course, sequelizers and the episodes as they come out as well. So... If you do want to dive in and talk about your least favourite and most favourite Texas Chainsaw sequels, have at it. I'm sure there will be a hearty discussion. Maybe, on... maybe we'll just share some chilli recipes. Oh, that's not a bad idea. I'll share some, some vegan chilli recipes. I've got a couple. I've got a couple up my sleeves. If you want to learn about my vegan chilli recipes, I am JLW <laughs> Chambers on Twitter. I also host Search with Candor, which is a SEO and PPC podcast all about digital marketing and stuff basically and the and the variants thereupon i interview very interesting people about what they do in digital marketing and their journeys and their careers and all that kind of stuff and also keep you up to date with all the latest digital marketing news there as well so if you do work in digital marketing come and check it out matthew how can people follow you and your exploits across texas and the internet Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z, on all the social medias. You can go to cheesemint.com and see the things that I make. You can go to theredrighthand.co.uk and see the things that I review. You can also search for Sumo Drop Pod on Twitter to find all my stuff about Sumo Drop, my sumo wrestling podcast that's every other month. Tim, if I wanted to eat you, oh. where could I find a recipe to assemble all the bits I need to eat you, Tim? And a nice bit of matum chili. <laughs> Uh, you can find me. <laughs> it was the hunched shoulders for me. <laughs> uh, you can find me at trivia underscore lad on Twitter. Uh, that's where I post all of my bone art. Oh. <laughs>
it's not safe for work, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> not safe for work. Well, we'll be back next week with another instalment of season 11, of course. And oh boy, oh boy. It's pretty fucking different next week. Yeah, I can't think of any connective speaking tissue of, between Speaking of tonal two. whiplash. I got something. Uh... Yep. Can't say that in on podcast, Matthew. Whatever you're thinking. <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> you have to cut that, Tim, because it's going to give away too easily. Yes. Cut that, Tim. Editing, Tim. We'll just bleep it. <gasps> bleep it. That Editing, Tim. Do the little... Yep. 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 Tim's good with the edits. We know what he's doing. Thank you very much for listening. As I said, we'll be back next week with something completely different. Equal, arguably, to the tonal whiplash between the first and second Texas Chainsaw movies. That should be fun. Until then, mm. thanks for listening and have a lovely week. Ha 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 ha